<clears throat> All right, so um, I'm gonna send these off to Corey because he told me he told me that's what to do. So what? I will I will mix the audio and send uh -huh. it send it over to him. Okay. Or maybe he maybe he doesn't maybe he wants me to send all of them individually. I think I'll just do that. Okay. Sometimes individual is the way to go. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Because what I do because I'm gonna try this. As a matter of fact, I should try this next week. Um. Yeah. No. We've done this. We've done this quite a few times already. Um, okay. And uh, it's worked out pretty well. Like when uh, Josh and I do our retro pickups episodes. Uh -huh. um, this is what we use exclusively. Uh, when we had Eddie on this last Sunday, this is what we used exclusively. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm recording there. And I'm gonna start recording here. Okay. Any questions? Wait, 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 wait. PS5 and PS4's revamp PlayStation Plus sub allegedly outlined in a report. Oh shit. I'll read that later. All right. What were you about to ask me? Um, I was just gonna say, do you have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints before we begin? No. No, like if, if this is going like the last, like the last show, like shit, it's gonna be fun. I had to go into my Xbox fridge to uh, grab a beer. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Hello, everyone. This is Standard Definition, the entertainment podcast show of the Boss Rush Network. I am one of your hosts, Stoyovich. I'm glad I spelled my whole name out in that intro, just in case I forgot what my name was. Ugh. It's weird hosting a different kind of episode, a different kind of yeah, show. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like kind of like I'm in, I'm in someone else's underwear or something like that. Oh, don't say it like that. That sounds kind of dirty. Yeah, I do. All right. I feel like I'm in <laughs> someone else's shoes. Let's just say that someone else's shoes. That's, that's kind of dirty too, but yeah, we that it's a little bit better. I feel like I'm someone else. Bingo, bingo. Is that better? Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Is, this is a family friendly podcast. Okay, we expect we expect two year olds to really get into Mass Effect in these episodes. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, back to the intro. Um, with me tonight, obviously you've heard him. You you've seen him if you're watching the video. He's wearing a sleeveless shirt like he usually does, and he's flexing right now. Like he's sitting there with his arms crossed. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I put my hands. I put my hands specifically under my biceps so they bulge just a little yeah, more. Yeah, so you, you get that little bulge right there. Oh yeah, I know. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Because I, I do the same thing too. You get your hand underneath the bicep just to push it out just a little bit more. Yeah, yep. it's like it's like it's very it's like a very low key flex. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Quite literally in that sense. <laughs> my man Leron Dawkins is here too. Hey, what's popping, everyone? What's yeah? You got to go in closer to the mic. What's popping, everyone? You know, I don't, I don't have a very white voice. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta lean in, be all sexy with it. Like, what's, yeah, what's popping? No, the um, you, you know what? Always, uh, I, I go to the gym and I always get like, you know, I try not to hog mirror space because I know mm -hmm. there's some, there's always going to be some dude behind me that is doing something that he requires himself to look at the mirror the entire yeah. time. And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy to be like, I'm getting in your way and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ruining your flex, bro. But I'm very conscious of that. Like, I'm like, I want to be respectful. Like, all right, I'm sorry. I know you want to like, you're doing those tricep pushdowns and you need to look at your triceps the entire time. 
So I'm oh, gonna, oh, what are you talking about? It's, it's about form, bro. It's about my form. Like, I, I, bro, like you, if you I can, figure if I can... it out after one rep. One rep. <laughs> this is what I don't get. You figure out the form after one rep, then you're like, okay, I got this. I don't need to look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I need to make sure. I need to make sure my back is perfectly flat. My ass is stuck out. My elbow. My elbow is like like thirty degrees above ab- above the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and then make sure when you make sure when you force really exhale, you look cool as shit doing it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. You don't want like you don't want like uh, you look like you're pushing out a dookie or something like that. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Which you see that a lot at the gym. It's like it's like what what man? You had bad pre workout? What's going yeah, on? You okay, dude? <laughs> Actually, um, I think I read a study that you know because in tennis, um, they grunt when they hit, and it actually yeah. gives them a two percent power boost when they grunt. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that, which is which is funny because it's like it's I don't know like when you're not watching tennis but you have it on the background you just hear all that. Uh, uh, yeah. it's like what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It helps. I mean, you know, they have to scientifically prove it to make sure that it works. But it's like, oh my god, Tina, what is happening? Right. So LeBron is on the crossroads, the PlayStation podcast, which. You know, yep. may or may not be, uh, I'm just going to leave it there. Never mind. I shouldn't speak too far ahead yeah, because yeah. probably when this comes out, it'll already have happened. And, you know, this will be old news. Yeah, possibly. But uh, yeah, so he's he's the host of the Crossroads uh, PlayStation podcast. I'm the host of the EXP cast, a video game podcast on the network as well. And But tonight, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Mass Effect. More more specifically, we're here to talk about Mass Effect 2, which arguably is the best Mass Effect of the series. Arguably, yes. I I love Mass Effect 2, but um, but there's something... I love Mass Effect 2, but there's something about Mass Effect 3 that is just like... it's uh, You know, Mass Effect 3 had so much content, I think is why I like it. And we'll we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that, but... Yeah, yeah. the, the, The reason why I like Mass Effect 3 more... Was that there was closure with everything that I was doing? Exactly. Yeah, like that was one thing. That's one thing I re- I really respect about Bioware and how they actually pulled off the series in the end. Like they yeah. closed. They 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 did their. I don't think they. I don't think there was anything left hanging open except the ending. Yeah, with, with <laughs> the ending ending, which is what pissed people yeah. off the most. Yeah. But you know, all the decisions that you made leading from one to two to three, most of those had closure, if not all of them. Um, yeah. You know, especially with a lot of the characters that you had and a lot of the characters could either be there or not be there, depending on how you play this game. Mm-hmm. And I was it was funny because I was actually reading when I was doing my research for this game. I was reading like, so what happens if this person dies? What happens if that person dies? Who shows up in three? Because the only canon character that actually survives from two to three is Shepard. Everybody else. Uh- is that is that true? Well, two to three. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, I thought you meant from I thought you meant from one to two because technically Shepard Shepard did kind of like bite the dust at the very beginning of this game. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, uh, housekeeping. Uh, this is standard definition: the place where the gang from the Boss Rush Network talks about video games, movies, television, and music entertainment. Oh, we're a gang now, huh? Uh, if you're right. one of our patrons, you can check out the show early on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash boss rush network or on YouTube podcast services or our website two weeks later for free. 
Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Remember, you can find all of our content on bossrush.net. That is on the interwebs. You are going to have to go into an internet browser of your choice to go to that website. I actually finally got back into the writing game, so I just put out... Uh, oh, welcome back, brother. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, ah, I just want to get back into writing again. I think just because uh, I'm in school right now and I'm doing a lot of writing and I'm like, I want to write other stuff. <laughs> I don't want to write stuff on hormones and freaking diet. Oh, look at look at you. Game review. Martha's dead. Yeah, I just Dragon, the... Dragon Age 4 right in the middle of production. Look, look at you. Yeah. Just coming out the gate hot. Hercules, Hercules. Yep. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot how needy David is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see? Oh, oh, did you see? He was putting out the calls for like for like banners. No, um, even just like my uh, my Dragon Age uh, news piece, he was like, "You have to quote your source." I'm like, "I did," and he's like, "No, you got to do it on the bottom of the page." I was like, "Man, come on." <laughs> That's okay. I just uh, I th th I have no ill will against that man, but yeah, <laughs> he he runs a tight ship. Let me tell you that. He runs yeah. a tight ship. And for good reason. I mean, we want good content. We want quality content. So mm -hmm. all right. Yeah, well I've got a um I've got a weekly uh I've got a weekly uh uh thing that I that I add now. Like it's uh it's well, I'll know, like uh things are changing real fast around here, but it's a uh it's it's a it's the notable games coming to PlayStation uh mm -hmm. week to week and stuff like that. But you know, content's always changing, so yeah, I, who knows? Well we gotta always gotta go with the flow. So anyway, um so Mass Effect two. Yes. One month after the devastating Geth attack on the Citadel, the Galactic community struggles to rebuild. The Alliance fleet made a tremendous sacrifice to save the Citadel. Now, interestingly enough, this intro pops up when you first start Mass Effect 2. Now, if you transfer your save from Mass Effect 1 to 2, this intro is different depending on what you do at the end. If you save the council, if you put in a new... Uh, if you let the council die and depending on how you want the council to be formed. Um, but this intro is if you've saved the council, the Alliance fleet made a tremendous sacrifice to save the Citadel council and earned humanity's membership in this prestigious group. Now the council is forced to respond to evidence that the reapers quote unquote, enormous machines that eradicate all organic civilization every 50,000 years have returned. To quell the rumors, the Council has sent Commander Shepard and the Normandy to wipe out the last pockets of Geth resistance. Officially, they blamed the invasion on the Geth and their leader, a rogue specter. But for those who know the truth, the search for answers is just the beginning. Boom. Mass Effect 2 logo. Yeah. So, to start things off, no one really believes the Reapers are a threat. Yeah. Everyone's still in denial that the Reapers Which are even a thing. Which I don't understand how, because like a giant ass scarab beetle looking ship <laughs> attacked comes the damn out of Citadel, nowhere, attacked the Citadel, and depending on what was going on, like it destroyed like the 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 Destiny Ascension, which was carrying the Council. Yeah. Depending on which way you decide you were going to be Paragon or Renegade, you know, there was that possibility. So I don't understand how like they they kind of like was like okay, that wasn't a thing. Well, yeah, because I think they chalked it up to it. That was just a Geth ship. You know, it was the Dummies. Geth. It was the Geth that was controlled by Saren that attacked the Citadel. And you would think through some reverse engineering 
of the wreckage of that Reaper, they would kind of look at it and be like, this don't look like Geth technology. That's the other thing too. Like no one, no one studied the debris. Yeah. No one looked at it and be uh, like, man, this looks old. You would, you would think those nosy ass Solarians would have looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all, out of anybody, they'd want to, they'd want to pour <laughs> yeah. through the wreckage. Yeah. Well, well, here now we are. They, I mean, now they let, nah, they're letting Cerberus fuck with it. O- oops. Oops. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> it's, not, it's not get, it's not go there yet, but uh, no. Yeah. The, um, you know, the Citadel to hear like master, you know, not, um, Commander Shepard say, "Oh, you know, there's like more of these coming," and everyone's like, "More of them? Get out of here! Go like investigate like pockets of like Geth activity," and it's like, okay, so they're going around, you know, they're already they're already looking in the wrong direction. Yep, and their ship gets attacked, but. uh so that's the kind of like startup of the of the series. But let's talk about the gameplay elements of this game first. Uh, this is a third person action adventure with RPG like elements similar to the first one. However, there's a lot of differences in this game. Um, do you want to read off the differences that I wrote up? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Actually, wait, did I get lost? <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. All right. So third, uh, Mass Effect. Two is a third-person action adventure of RPG-like elements, leveling up and putting points into uh, abilities and skills. That's still that's still there, be it it's more streamlined for a different. The game definitely has a more action-oriented feel. Like it still has its RPG skeleton there, but it's not exactly the same. Which which you know kind of it kind of miffs some of the RPG purists, you know. But yeah. um, but at but in the same in the same on the other side of the coin it, it essentially made the game faster paced which i think i think we can all say that was a well a well needed improvement because i said it i said it in the last the last episode's near definition for mass effect one i like i love the game the pacing was just slow because like it was too rpg ish you know like and when i say rpg ish i'm like you, you talk to every goddamn body just like you know this is freaking a, a, a massive expansive rpg and stuff like that you know which well yeah especially when you you know w- when you go into like trying to divvy up your points that tree i mean it wasn't a tree but it was like a line of like abilities and stuff like that you know yeah. it's like you're spending a lot of time figuring out like where to put them whereas mass effect 2 like you said streamlined it made it smaller it made the yep. kind of uh decisions on where to go with your ability points mm-hmm. I, I guess be a little bit more impactful yeah for real um yeah so um so there's that uh also the conversation wheels for the uh, paragon uh which are the good situation the good decisions and situations and the renegade uh evil dialogue of options you know were were better line were better pointed out to you so you know you didn't have to guess if you're about to be the bad guy you know in your next in your next remark to to your character to the uh, to the to the characters you're interacting with and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh that was good but uh um but also, but also, one of the cool things about it was is you actually had Paragon and Renegade actions now that happened during during cutscenes and during dialogue, mm-hmm. where like you know you had a chance to actually like break script. Basically, that's what it felt like. You we broke script, like because you yeah. see you see a Paragon icon, which is a blue icon in the in the in the left hand side of the screen um, that gives you a chance to like break break script or break character and and be a good guy for for you be uncharacteristically good for for a moment or in the bottom right hand corner there was a red icon for for renegade and that was your chance to break script and you know just be 
like be like fuck you this is how this is how it's going and stuff like that you know? yeah speaking uh, well actually no let me let me finish this and then and then and then we start talking more about it i i have something i really want to comment about this game yeah um all right, so Mass Effect 2 focused more on the action elements, um, less on item pickups and RPG point distribution, which I did mention earlier. Um, there are more weapon classes, which I'm a fan of, and I also like that that there was more flexibility for you to use any weapon you wanted in, in this game versus mm-hmm. Mass Effect 1, because Mass Effect 1, when you picked your class, you were kind of stuck with what type of weapons that person could use. Now, I did like how, like, if you if you still have if, if your character if Shepard had a certain class you know from the first game that carried over, he could still use any weapon, but his accuracy or his or his effectiveness with the weapon was kind of hindered. But mm-hmm. he could still use it, you yeah. know, versus not using it at all. Um, there uh, uh, thermal clips were introduced in the game, and I, and I know for sure that was a big sore spot for gamers, you know, mm-hmm. like thermal clips. But you know, I'm just gonna say it, like you know, like. What the century they're in and stuff like that, there should be a, there should be universal ammo. Like like no gun no gun should be having specialized ammo. You know if like if like they're all energy based weapons anyway. You know. Yeah. So I always thought that was one of the dumbest arguments. It's kind of like the argument when Dead Space Three had like universal ammo. It's like it's like yo like Isaac Clark's an engineer. Like he fashioned weapons out of tools that he used in his in his job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think this man is smart enough to turn anything he makes into a weapon and, and, and anything that he picks up that can be bullets for the damn thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, no, it, it definitely is interesting because I think it was kind of described as saying, obviously, one of the major problems with a lot of the weapons in the first one was that it would overheat and there yeah. would be a significant cool down period. So... I think the developers brought that in as like to kind of make the action more fast paced, but also they explained it in the in the game to say, well, this is to help alleviate that cooldown period in between in between shooting elements. Um, and yeah. I think obviously they poked a joke at it uh, in Mass Effect Three in the um, in the Citadel DLC, which man, I, I I really think we need to have just a single podcast just talking about just talk about the just Citadel. talk about Citadel DLC. <laughs> I'm really what? highly considering that. Why can't why couldn't why couldn't they make the Citadel like just a standalone like game by itself? I would have paid sixty dollars <laughs> for that. Yeah, I would have paid a it full like, price game for it that. Was, it was man, it's it's like it's like Mass Effect meets Scooby Doo. Like yeah. I, it, it it was crazy. Yep. <laughs> we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves though. Yeah, we are. We are, uh, we are for sure. Yeah, but I think uh, but the one thing that was that was universally welcome about the changes to Mass Effect Two from Mass Effect One was no more goddamn grenades. Yeah, the little like frisbee like grenades that like you didn't yeah. even know if they would like land or hit. You would just throw yeah. it and be like, you'd be looking like, did it, did it land? Did it hit? Nothing happened. <laughs> okay, those things were useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, obviously they brought yeah. grenades back in Mass Effect Three, but that's you know they they made yeah, it a little yeah. bit better. So yeah, so that was the that was the major that was a major. Uh, the major changes from Mass Effect One and Mass Effect Two, like I said, it's streamlined. It ha- it's much more cohesive as far as the gameplay elements go. Like, yeah, you can still you can still bumble around and do the RPG aspect of the game. Like that was still there because it's built into the bones of the, of the game itself, of the series itself. But mm-hmm. overall, overall, if you were one of those people that you know, like let's 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 look at it. It was a Western RPG made for Western gamers. Yeah, you know, yeah, and they, let's and, look at and, it. Let's look at it that way. Yeah. Because I mean that that's yep, kind of exactly. one. So like so it's 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 pick up and play. Yep. It's yeah because 
I guess you know you could say maybe Western gamers are a little bit more, um, I, I guess, uh, short attention impatient. span. Yeah, there you yeah. go, impatient. Yep. So, um, yeah, they just want to kind of get into the action, not spend too much time w- looking at a freaking like that. Spe- you know, I, I liken back to my time trying to divvy my points and my spheres in Final Fantasy X mm-hmm. and having a terrible time with that. And I'm yeah. just like looking at this map for a while, like looking to see I could put my points here, I could put my points there, I could do that, I could do that. So annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, well, remember, um, remember Mass Effect in, in the Mass Effect scenario definition. I was I was talking about how like you know like like you had to like you had to know what what your path was like immediately from the beginning of the game because like you know like. Because like shit, like it's not like being on Eden Prime and can't open a door because you didn't put in, you didn't sink four points into into encryption. Yeah, <laughs> four points. And guess what? They only Which, they thank give God you, like, they took that out. You know. Yeah. And even yeah. like just like sometimes where you would like you could pick up Omni Gel. You you don't yes. you don't pick up Omni Gel in this game anymore. But uh, yep. you know, I think that was that was another joke too. Where it's like remember the days where you could just slap Omni Gel and everything. Slap Omni Gel on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but. Yeah, like, you know, you can't, like, unlock chests anymore because they significantly reduce the amount of items that you pick up now, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But um, also you another know, an, another thing, too. I don't think I added it in here. Um, planet mining, bro. They added planet mining. Yeah, that was cool as shit. Like, I wasted so much time. Like, I, I was sucking planets dry. <laughs> yeah. I would go to a planet, and if Edie said it could be mined, oh, we're, we're, we're jumping in orbit. <laughs> Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Did you go to the solar system? Yes. Did you go to Uranus? Yes. Did you probe Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> I sure thought I did. <laughs> I just love... I, I honestly, the first time I did it was the more recent playthrough. Honestly, that took me so long. I I played this game like five times and I never did it until I finally remembered this time around. And you know, Edie will always be like, "Oh, launching probe," or you know, sending mm-hmm. probe or whatever. And you know, Uranus in this game is completely depleted, so you have no reason to send probes to Uranus. But you know, you launch the probe and Edie's like. Ugh. Really, Shepard? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then she says it, probing Uranus. <laughs> I love those little tiny little uh tiny little Easter Yeah. Eggs. Like yeah, like yeah, like the the, the AI that has quips. Mm-hmm. Edie. <clears throat> anyway. So obviously mining for minerals is essential for building your ship and building other upgrades and weapons and gear and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which this game focuses a lot on you'll get schematics for upgrading uh, your armor, upgrading some of your weapons, upgrading your accuracy, especially some some character specific things. I know there was always like uh, special abilities for Morden, Garrus, Morden, you know, Morden's Morgan. always needing damn element zero. Yeah, I know. No kidding. But uh, and even like I think platinum was what uh, Grunt needed for a lot of his shotgun yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, there were so many other different things, and obviously you have to upgrade your ship at this point because, you know, per the content of the story, you have to have your ship ready to go. So, like, whatever blueprints you get to upgrade your ship's armor, upgrade the ship's weapons, you know, drive cores, stuff like that, um, it's, it's all going to matter. And you have to mine for those materials. And, man, you, you can spend hours going to, going to systems, dropping at planets, you know, looking to see, you know, 
is this is this planet rich in materials? Is it poor in materials? And then you just keep launching probes, keep launching probes, you know. So, all right, the main story. What happens in the beginning? All right, so, um, well, uh, the Normandy's been deployed out to, and you know, just investigate, like, yeah, get the activity, and out of the blue, out of the blue, like, a, a unidentified starship shows up and just starts wrecking the Normandy. Yep. Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, and it's so... And it's so intense and so and so uh, so so fast that they're caught completely unaware. They don't have time. It's it's ripping through the little bit of shields they had, you know, available to them and stuff like that. Uh, basically, the Normandy gets ripped in half and stuff like that. And depending on depending on who you depending on who you actually like like allowed to live during the um, during the uh, what were they call what, what was the mission called the Vermeer mission? They called yeah, it Vermeer, specific. Yeah. They call it something specific though, like. Um, because because uh, every game every game every game has like that that critical mission because like because like this game has its what's called the suicide mission mm-hmm. um and then and Mass Effect three has the um has the uh has the final the, the final um the final confrontation mission mm-hmm. um stuff like that I can't remember what the, what the Vermeer one was called it, it was, it, but basically whoever you whoever you saved and let die you know that actually no no my bad it was whoever you had the love interest in you know or whoever from, uh, you Mass saved. Effect one. Or whoever yeah. you save. Oh, it's, it oh, it's, either, it's, it's either or. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. like, yeah. you either, you either have like it's mostly either Liara or Caden and Ashley. A- Ashley. Yeah. 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 And if you didn't romance either Caden or Ashley, it's always Liara. It's Liara. Yeah. 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 I, I romanced Liara in the first game. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I was kind of a hoe. Yeah, in the entire Mass Effect series, like, 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 yeah, like, like, yeah, like, I didn't stick to any one person for all three games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so so uh, so the the person that the person you had the most affinity with, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. like, like they tell you, like, hey, like, like we're being torn to shreds. We need to evacuate and stuff like that. But Joker is still on the bridge. Uh, so so Shepard makes it his his priority to drag Joker out so he can be evacuated and stuff like that. He saves Joker, but in the process, like the uh, like the like the enemy, because I'm not going to put a name to them yet, because it's a big reveal for that. Mm-hmm. The enemy basically gives like the the actual death blow to the Normandy and blasts Shepard out in the space. Shepard is in his uh, he's basically in his spacesuit, but his spacesuit is not an EV suit, so he's 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 in bad shape. And uh, and yeah, we actually see the cinematic like his his oxygen vents out and he dies. Yeah, basically, and just gets. Kind of bl- blasted out out in the space onto the planet, and that's it. Yeah, his his body burns up too. That's the well, yeah. sad part. Yeah, his body burns up because like he he's thrust into the atmosphere, so it's basically just like how like shuttle space shuttles like enter the atmosphere. Like you know you you get that heat shear and stuff like that. So damn. Yeah. Thank God he was already dead before all that. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Can you imagine. Being I don't know what it, getting, I would know what being be burned worse. alive on reentry. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. but he's not really dead though. He's not proper dead. But Cerberus picks him up and the game kind of goes from watching him get spaced and in the in the context of this, I think most of the time I may refer to Shepard as he because you could choose either he or she. Yeah. Um if you transfer your save over from the first one, I think you have to pick the same sex. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Unless you want to switch, you want to go play the different sex, but you can't transfer the save file over from what I understand. So, yeah. Because that would just screw up. With, that was just screw with everybody that you meet. <laughs> anyway, the um, now, now, now if it was me personally, I woke up as a different gender. I'd be like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, yeah, right. Why would you do this? You I know? didn't have that before. <laughs> what the hell is that? Like, like if you woke like, up, if you started like, out as like, a female. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like. It'd be like, you know what? I'm mad about this, but I'm going to go to the bathroom for a few minutes. Leave me alone. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm use it like a helicopter for a bit. Just give me a second. <laughs> Always wanted to do that. Anyway, the um, so, yeah, all of a sudden, you go to the character selection screen. You know, you divvy up your points. You can change the way your character looks and the hair and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, you wake up, or, or you see, like, little glimpses of you being operated on. The Lazarus, something about the Lazarus project. You hear Miranda, uh, who you'll find out later, and the other doctor kind of whispering in your ear because they're they're literally stitching you back together from the ground up. Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting together every little bit about you, and they're sparing no expense to make sure that you get we get an exact copy or like an exact yeah. like one on one recreation. Is- yeah, this is past cloning, actually. Like, they are, they are basically, they are reconstructing you from, like, your base material. Yeah. But you've also got some 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 enhancements because, like, you are partially cybernetic. I, they didn't say, they didn't say what percentage he was cybernetic, but I, I think, I think a safe estimate would be, like, he's about 20% cybernetic because, like, there's just some things that they just could not revive in viable tissue and stuff like that. So they had to have, like, you well, know, yes. bionics and cybernetics to, like, to, like especially, like, bone slap. structure and everything and trying to, yeah. you know, re-stimulate the brain and the personality process and it's just you know i mean that that was some science yeah and interestingly enough now we have a really good process of what sections of the brain control what and you know what processes are controlled by emotions and logic and balance and stuff so you can only imagine like 150 200 years from now at this point how crazy of an understanding they have of the brain so it's Mm -hmm. not too far from science yeah so anyway he wakes up you know, lab is a uh, lab is being like kind of shredded apart. You're wondering what the hell happened. Like why I thought I was dead and now I'm alive and now I got to move and I got to attack robots and stuff. So you go through, you find out you have a great cover system um, where you can snap to cover. And then also apparently there's thermal clips, which, you know, she just picks up right off the bat. You discover Jacob who's like, wow, you're off ice pretty quickly. And you know, you're shepherd and you're like, the hell's going on. Who the hell are you? Where the hell am I? What is going on? And you end up meeting Miranda Lawson as a result of this. You find out one of the doctors was actually trying to destroy the base, kill Shepard, and kill everybody else on board. And, you know. Can we talk about Miranda's entrance for a second? Yep. (laughs) God. God damn. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, besides the fact that she's wearing like this, this, this basically suit that looks like it's this latex, you know, poured onto her body. But her entrance was pretty badass because, because like, you know, like, like, like you and Jacob are like trying, are fighting for your lives and stuff. You run across another scientist and stuff like that. And little do you know it, this is the guy that just gave up the base, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, so like right when you're getting to the point where like Jacob's like Jacob's like this is the last this is the last door we get here we get to the shuttle we're out of here and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh, you open the door and and everyone and you know like Jacob and the other guys like Miranda and and the other guy's like I thought you were she, she shoots him like, right in the face <laughs> right in the face yeah. and she's like she's like dead I don't think so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and his shepherd's like, what the hell are you doing, woman? And, and she, she's like, don't take pity on him. He was the guy that sold us out, and he was going he was gonna to kill you next. Yeah. And this is where you can kind of go into your mode of like shepherds like we should have given him a trial. We should have questioned him and stuff. Or like you could have gone like, ah, that's good enough for me. And then just kind of go yeah. about your day. Yeah. But, you know, you got to put, you got, I mean, I'm going to do this a lot because you got to put respect on Miranda's name because she is a certifiable badass, takes mm-hmm. care of her shit. I mean, obviously, yeah, she has daddy issues and she has issues with the way she's been created and made you yeah. know um which kind of brought up a little bit of discussion when in the legendary edition they edited out some of the uh kind of like body flattering scenes that they put her in yeah which i thought i i interpreted those scenes as like they're obviously trying to tell the story of you know her talking about how her body has been made perfect mm-hmm. but we can get to that later yeah so anyway you go on this ship you end up uh, going to meet the elusive man who is the uh, benefactor of Cerberus and basically the, the guy that paid to have you revived. And this is where you have to you meet Joker. Joker comes back because, you know, after, after the Normandy was lost, everybody kind of went their own separate ways. And Joker, they didn't, they didn't have a plan for Joker. They just kind of left yeah. him out in the dust. So Joker's like, "Well, when this opportunity popped up, I jumped at the opportunity." Actually, so. actually, the way actually the way Joker explained it, because because Shepard was gone for was it three years? I think two or three years. Yeah, I well, I think two sounds about right. Yeah, uh, Shepard Shepard was gone. Shepard was announced pronounced dead, presumed dead for two years, mm-hmm. and this was this was also a this is also something that helped like the council. And the alliance like push aside the whole Reaper thing, you know, like the biggest person that was that was screaming that hey, we're going to die is dead, you mm-hmm. know. So it was easy to bury it and everything. So basically, like they just dispersed the crew of the Normandy that did experience the whole Reaper situation with Sovereign and everything. And and yeah, it pissed off Jerker to the point where he resigned his commission from the alliance. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I'm, I'm a Trekkie, bro. No, it's all good. No, that's good. That's why that's why you're here, because we can kind of compliment each other on this. But yeah, so, you know, you see the Normandy SR2. They completely recreated the Normandy to look almost exactly like the old one, except with obviously some obvious upgrades that, um, you know, private funding can uh, can get you. And uh, you go on the ship, you end up meeting, obviously, um, not only is Joker there at the helm, you, you meet the other crew, you meet Kelly Chambers. Who was your kind of personal assistant? Your to make- yeoman. Yep, yeoman. Which, yeoman Chambers. Which that, you know that upset me so much because yeah, you're being, the uh, you're also also being a Trekkie, you know, and and a, and a former and a former like you know like Navy like you know I was I was in the Navy. Yeah, that that upset me because like because like in in, in the old school Star Trek, the yeoman was basically like the secretary, mm-hmm. you know, but it was also like the eye candy, and I was like, what are they doing here? Yeah. <laughs> what, I'm like, I'm like, you could have given her a real job, mm-hmm. you know. All she's literally doing is checking your email. Yeah, <laughs> and monitoring the crew, technically. Yeah, but yeah, um, th- th- there is a lot to her story that we find out in three. That's oh, kind true. Of, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, but, so uh, we, we, but we, we don't know that at this point. Yeah, but the other cool thing is like not only not only is Joker there, but Doctor Chuckwuss is there, and I yeah. love that lady. Oh, I yeah. love that lady. I love her so. I love her so much too. Honestly, she's like probably one of the most underrated and underutilized characters in that whole in that whole game. 
I, I I love how I love how like when we get to the third game, like you know, like you, like you kind of weasel it out of her that she had a crush on you the, mm-hmm. this entire time. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> or even yeah. just like but, you, you see her in the hospital and she's like, yeah, I'm like you know kind of helping the refugees here and stuff like that, and you know it's good work, uh-huh. it's good work. You know I really like what I'm doing. And then Shepard's like, you want to join my ship? And she's like, yep, I'll she's pack like, my bags. Fuck, fuck yes. <laughs> fuck yes. Get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love, I love Dr. Shock was like, hey, oh, yeah. you know, um, it, it's, 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 it's a good character. It's a good character, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and yeah, like as we talk a little bit more about this, I'm going to tell you some things I discovered about the game. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, and the other addition to the other addition to the crew is a, is a, is a, is an AI that, that actually is the ship is called Edie, which, uh, ship. What did it stand for? Oh man, I forget. I feel like I should know this. I feel like I should know this. <laughs> um, crap. I'll find it. Yeah. But what was your um? Hmm? What, what what was your thing you were gonna say? Um. Yeah. So. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Mass Effect Two. Mass Effect Two. Out of all three games, Mass Effect Two is the most violent game. Like this is a this is one of those games where it's literally like hold on to your seats because you're in for a thrill ride, you know. Yeah. Like like you know all the violent stuff we saw in Mass Effect One was for shock value, but Mass Effect Two was like no, this is all plot devices here. Like like you know you want to punch somebody in the face, fine. You want to burn a hole through their head, do it. You know mm-hmm. you you want to chuck somebody out of out of like a, a hundred foot skyscraper, it's it, it's yours. You know <laughs> stuff like that. You know oh you want to melt somebody down a vat of of, of, of hot lava because that is a thing in this game. That is yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like they like they they. They had fun. I feel like Bioware had the most fun with this game. Yeah, you want to punch a reporter in the face again? Again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Um, so your your crew's assembled. Um, first thing you gotta do is head over to Citadel because like Shepard's just got a couple couple loosens. He wants to type and he needs to catch up on some things. Uh, and and and, and if. Uh, and this is the part in your original playthrough. If you paid for DLC, like you get, you get to recruit your first character right off the bat. Because as you step out onto the Citadel, <laughs> you uh, you get bombarded by a bunch of advertisements and stuff like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like you're, you're watching Minority Port because like it's all catered towards you. And it eventually gets to the point where like where like the ads are calling you out by name, and and it is like and, and um. And I can't remember the line for sure, but I, I think it said I think there was something when when um when when Shepard was asking questions about who was in charge, and Nony Ad says I'm not sure who's in charge, but there's somebody of 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 an Asian of, of Asian descent who would love to make your acquaintance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, if you pick up all the clues and stuff. Your first the, your first expansion character you pick up because she's not a main character. She she's not actually part of the, the main story if you don't want her to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, Kasumi Goto, which that—that's that, one of my favorite. She's one of my favorite characters in Mass Effect. Uh, in Mass Effect Two, she's not my favorite character in Mass Effect Two of the new characters, but she's one of my favorites. No, she um, honestly, she is probably one of the more powerful characters in yeah. the game. Her little yeah. "Now You See Me" trick, you know, when she when she kind of like ghosts and then sneaks up behind the person. A lot yeah. of times, that's like an insta kill. Yes, it is. Yeah, like she comes in, she just smacks him in the back of the neck, and then they just 
it's like amazing. Like when you're trying to get get around a cover and like you're you know you're trying to like get at this person and all of a sudden you hear her say, "Now you see me," and it's like, "Oh shit, she about to do something." And all of a sudden, pop, dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kasumi is a good. Kasumi is a great character. Yeah, yeah. I like her. Uh, I, um, I, I, honestly, in a lot of the kind of, in a lot of the harder missions, I took her with me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she was a, uh, her main thing was tech, but uh, she did have some biotic abilities and stuff like that. But her yeah. main thing was tech. So, you know, she was basically Tally before Tally shows up in the game. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, but wait, we we missed something because uh, we I, I skipped ahead. My bad. Because no, yeah, because this, I, I forgot you because sit, though. You, you go to this human colony that was taken by that, that was taken by collectors. And, you know, through your investigations, you find that there is actually a um, quarian on this colony that's still alive. That's kind of neurotic in a way who yeah. collected all this data on the collectors, those video, these uh, audio files, everything, all this stuff about even just the swarm that came in that incapacitated all the humans that mm-hmm. d- don't work on him. Apparently the swarm only works on humans. So, you know, this is actually where you meet Tally and her little strike team. That's yeah. actually trying to go in to recover, um, recover this guy and uh uh titor vitor vitor that's vitor yeah vitor so you know you kind of go get to a point where it's like you could play nice guy and say no vitor comes with us we need all the information he can or uh you send vitor to the quarians you know play nice guy but then they send the data over which is what ultimately you want anyway so it's a matter Mm -hmm. of like are you gonna be the nice guy here or are you gonna be a dick so yeah yeah. Don't, don't be a that, dick and, to tally. Don't be a and dick. And then after that, you have your first meetup with the with the elusive man, mm-hmm. which you know, for all you know, he might as well just been called Twirly Mustache Guy. You know, if he had if, if he, he had, had a mustache, Twirly Mustache, yeah, yeah, if he had, he might as well be that guy. He's the quintessential, like you know, like like yeah. See, you know, well, not not that hokey, but you yeah. Know, but yeah, I, he's I, honestly, he he's voice acted by Martin Sheen, and that man is the elusive man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I couldn't that imagine anyone else playing that if they, if they brought like another voice actor in to do that no yeah i, I don't I think it would have done it justice yeah yeah so the, yeah the elusive man gives you the dos- gives you your dossier which is cool in this game which is cool for this game because like you actually had like a goal to actually recruit characters mm-hmm. the characters kind of came to you in, in in the last game but you actually have to go seek them out this time around yeah you know and stuff like that and a so lot of you times you got to do missions associated with going to get them yep so yeah, so you so you got your you've got your dossier. Uh, you're going to pick up you're going to pick up a scientist on Omega. Uh, you, uh, you're going to pick up uh, while you're on Omega as well. You also need to like hunt down an assassin called called Archangel. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also uh, as a bonus if you bought the DLC, you're also you you also get a, uh, get to recruit another assassin named Zahid Masani. Um, and then um <clears throat> and then after that, uh, there's a Krogan there's a Krogan Overlord. That's a warlord. I'm sorry that you warlord, that you yeah. have to recruit. Yep. Um, and am I missing some? Oh, oh, uh, oh, and a um, and a and a and a sorry Justicar, which for all intents purposes, like a, well, the, just the, think... the Justicar didn't come till later. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because like yeah, because because uh, the there was like there, you... there was like the second half because there was like yeah. I mean, there's a significant story beat, and then all of a sudden there's like okay, I got you, I got you a couple more dossiers. So yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'm these, skipping. I'm skipping ahead. My yeah. bad. But no, these three, Morden, you know, to, the scientist is Morden Solus, 
the uh-huh. archangel, the assassin, or not not the assassin, but he's kind of like a mercenary, Garrus. Yeah, mercenary, my bad. Yeah. yeah. You end up finding out. And uh, Zahid <laughs> is obviously just another kind of like mercenary uh, hired gun or something. But um, Robin yeah. Sachs did the voice of Zahid. Uh, uh, really? Yeah. I was wondering why the voice sounded familiar. I never looked. I never looked up who the actor was. Yeah, um, I, I, he ended up uh, actually, unfortunately, passing away. Um, oh, really? Yeah, in uh, 2013, which was actually, um, God, I don't know why. I thought it was like so much sooner. I, I thought it was more recently. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he died at the age of 61. I forget what it was, but uh, he had a very distinct raspy raspy voice like i just yeah love that about him so well shit i wasn't aware of that. that that probably explains why wait did we see him did we see him in in, in the uh citadel uh, uh yes DLC? yep he was there okay okay yep. okay because remember in the citadel sure. dlc they got all drunk and started like playing like shoot him up in the living room <laughs> oh that's right yes yeah that's right yeah, yeah. okay yeah so, uh, so yeah, so so yeah. First part of the game, like you get you get a you get a, a dossier of a people people to recruit. So, uh, so if you include uh, Miranda and Jacob at this point, you wind up with a, with a team of of up to six because like you get because you get Kasumi if you have the DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wind up with Archangel, who's Garrus Vakarian, which but we need to spend a moment to talk about that. Oh, I, I'll <laughs> talk about Garrus Vakarian all, all night if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Morden Solis, who who is a brilliant Solarian Solarian uh, scientist, but he is if 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 he was a human being, he'd be somebody that has like Asperger sy- uh, syndrome. Yeah, because he has no filter mm-hmm. and he will do whatever the hell he wants. Yep. You know, and you know, and say and, whatever he wants. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, he'll do. Yeah, he'll do and say whatever he wants. And guess what? It's all it's all for morality anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah. So yep. yep. And uh, and then Zaid. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Zaid was obviously as we as we land on Omega. It's like you almost have no choice to meet him because once you get off your ship, you see this dude he's, in the corner beating up on a Pateria, and he's like, "Yeah, Shepard, right? I guess I'm I'm part of your crew now. So long as the funds have been transferred, it's like all right, my <laughs> ship's back there. Yeah." <laughs> That was the mission. <clears throat> yep. But yeah, so Morden Solis's mission is you have to actually go to Omega, and there is a the, the, the this particular part of the neighborhood on Omega, which is like a den of like you know kind of slavers, traders, and just all the other undesirable, yeah. so to speak. It's um, like the worst. It's like the worst type of hood you could be in. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, where it's like you know you could be bad, but you're still gonna get your ass shot. So yeah. the um, you go to this kind of neighborhood that's under quarantine because there's this disease that it's affecting everybody, all the alien races except humans. So humans are kind of walking around like it's no big deal, but you know, everybody else is kind of infected. So Morden Solis is there trying to kind of solve the problem of the cure, which I think was manufactured by the collectors, which we end up finding out. Um, yeah. The collectors, uh, I can't remember if the collectors were actually working with the Batarians. You know, like well, they, they were working they kinda... with the, um, uh, you know, what are those weird dudes? Oh, the Vorcha. The Vorcha. Yeah, they were working with the Vorcha. This like Vorcha, um, uh, mercenary group that basically ended up just kind of releasing the virus all throughout the area, and so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, so that's going on, and that's where you learn that basically Morton's pretty ruthless. When he's trying to get the job done, he's ruthless. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that's number one for him. So. Yeah, he knows. He knows. Obviously, the 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 task, the mission 
that he has been recruited for is very important, and he's definitely on board. But obviously, he had to tie up some loose ends, so you had to kind of synthesize the cure that he was doing and d- distribute it throughout the air handling system, which ends up kind of doing the job. And then he leaves his assistant to take care of the work while he kind of goes, hops onto Shepard's ship and goes adventuring. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, uh, I mean, that, that's obviously the short end of the story, but talk about Garrus. All right. So, yeah. So, so yeah. Next up in the dossier is, uh, is this mercenary called Archangel. And it's also an Omega. <laughs> and uh and and we also we also meet uh Arya Talok who is basically the basically the mayor mm-hmm. of 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 Omega which is a basically a satellite facility way out in, in on the edge of space and stuff like that. Uh now this is a badass Asari. I'll just put it that way. You yeah. know like no She's voiced like, by Carrie Ann Moss and I love the shit out of Carrie Ann Moss. I know, I know like it, it, god. So yeah, so when you when you start asking Arya about Archangel She's like, she basically says, Archangel is a thorn in my side, but he's actually keeping the riffraff in line. So, yeah. so he's doing me a favor. So I'm leaving him alone, but he's tearing up my, he's tearing up my space station. So it's time for him to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, you get down there and, uh, and, and this is where we find out that Mass Effect 2 has, has a sense of humor mm-hmm. because right when you're getting ready to go, like after, uh, after, to start looking for Archangel, like as you're leaving, as you're leaving Arya's uh, Arya's bar, like this look, this dude walks in, this kid basically, yeah. and, and he's like, and he's like, yeah, I heard there's a, I heard there's a hit squad ready to, to ready to go after uh, uh, there's a hit squad that's been hired by the Blue Suns, which is one of the warring factions on Omega. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're going, they're going to take down Archangel, and he's bragging about how he spent his 50, 50 credits for this gun. Oh, this handgun, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Shepard's like, let me see that. Like he, he immediately pops the clip, and he's like, he's like, this gun would have got you killed. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he like taps it, and just like sparks fly out of it. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, this, yeah, get your money back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you, so Shepard and team goes down, goes down to where, to where everybody's grouping up. Like it's the Blue Suns, and it's one of the factions. It's the faction that's run by the, uh, run by the Krogan. Um, but, uh, so they were red, they, right? The blood, uh, yeah. the blood pack, the blood pack. There the we blood go. Pack, yeah. yeah. So the blue sun's and red and the blood pack. Yeah. Uh, but, but when Shepard and team get down there, like, uh, Shepard's like, huh, something's kind of familiar about, about this guy's style, mm-hmm. you know? Cause they, cause they, cause like, cause like the, one of the teams is like licking their wounds and stuff and talk about how, like, how, like. Archangel took this person out. He can't believe in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And and they're and, and Shepard's just surveying. He's like, something's familiar about all this. <laughs> <laughs> and so Shepard and team infiltrate like they're part of the hired guns to go in after Archangel. You know that's their cover. And 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 the way it all pops off is like like Shepard gets information from a Batarian soldier about where they've got Archangel like pinned down at, mm-hmm. and then he like stabs him in the back with like with like with like a screwdriver. Well, yeah, it was like a kind of like a it was like a plasma wrench or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then you can get the option to actually sabotage the ship that he's working on too, as well. Which I recommend you do. Yes, if you're definitely. Going the Paragon route. If you're going the Paragon route, if you if you're going if if you're going the Renegade route, like just leave it as is. Like it's more chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, to- yeah, yeah, I totally recommend that because you end up fighting that helicopter later, and it would be nice to start that fight with like half of its health there. 
So yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so basically, like Shepard, Shepard and crew do their thing. They they get down to where they actually get to where Archangel's pinned down at, and lo and behold, it's Garrus. Yep. And and Garrus with his trusty sniper rifle is just just popping. Popping blood pack and blue suns people off one by one and stuff and man like it, it's funny it's like why were they messing with him when he had the high ground this this yeah. is this is and this the is only like, way to that building was this one bridge which is a bottleneck it's a bottleneck yeah it just doesn't make sense <laughs> it's like sniper 101 if the sniper has the high ground and you still have not ascertained his location why are you going after him mm, yep all right all right story take it away <laughs> no yeah so you end up obviously recruiting him as well uh once you kind of help him get out of there he gets blasted in the face with a freaking rocket so you end up uh, patching him up on the uh on the citadel and you could rip on him to say like you know where garris is like wow you know it kind of messed up my good looks and shepherd's like you never look good anyway so yeah yeah <laughs> um so Afterwards, you know, you kind of you can kind of leave Omega. I mean, there's other like little side little side quests you can do on this uh, on here. Um, but um, you head over to Corliss, which is like this derelict shipwreck planet where it's like a bunch of like derelict ships and destroyed ships and just people salvage it or whatever. And um, you go to recruit this the warlord Okir, who is actually a doctor, uh, Krogan, who is actually trying to research is doing research on the genophage, but also trying to create tank-bred Krogans. So basically cloning yeah, Krogans to not have the genophage. I think he, I think he had, I think he had parts of uh, Saren's, uh, Saren's uh, experimental data from yeah. Vermeer. Yeah, because yeah. who do you find? There was an Asari when you're storming Saren's laboratory. There was a, yeah. there was an Asari there that you tell her to beat it because we're about to destroy this lab. And she's like, I don't want to be here any longer than necessary. I'm out of here. So all of a sudden you go to this lab on Corliss and she's there. And you're like, what the mm -hmm. hell? I thought I told you to get away from all this danger. And yeah, she's are like, you, are you, you trying to die? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. I promise <laughs> to, stay, to stay away from everything now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah so that mission was actually pretty fun honestly like uh yeah. the the uh, yeah but ultimately it comes down to like you know like okir okir has a bit of pride like he wants he wants his he wants the experiments to go to to keep going but at the same time somebody's been sabotaging like the experiments and stuff so like so like a lot of his tank bred krogans are not becoming are not being viable but he's got one that's basically like a secret weapon yeah and that's like and, perfect and, in every way yeah it's he's perfect he's perfect like uh like like there is no sign of the genophage at all in this in this krogan mm -hmm. um and and he was actually he was actually being held in the vat you know to to actually collect specimens and samples for to also help like we uh, cure the uh cure the genophage uh but the but Okir's, uh, Okir's, like I guess benefactor, the person that's backing all this, all this stuff is like, no, like you're, you're a rabid dog. We're, we're taking you down, and we're, we're, we're killing all your, all your research and stuff like because that. Because I think so. that's, that's where he gained his research because this mercenary group was actually paying him to make Krogan, to turn them into, you know, this woman's own personal army. Yeah. And then once she kind of started to find out that obviously he was screwing her over, and the Krogan were not viable, that's when she got pissed and decided to go after him. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. unfortunately, he doesn't make it in the end. He dies, but he saves the tank bread Krogan after you go kind of finish off the mercenary leader and all it, all her soldiers. And it's like you got this tank with this Krogan in it, and you're like, 
Well, I guess take it to the ship, and then I guess we'll figure out what we do with it. And you got some people that are like, do we want to release a kind of live Krogan on our ship that doesn't know yeah, what the J- hell's going on? Yeah, Jacob and Edie are like, uh-uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Miranda's like, Krogan are pretty damn powerful. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you actually have a choice. You could literally leave the tank there and just not open it, you know, to where Grunt's not even a part of your squad anymore. Or you open it up and then you find out, obviously, it's overblown. No big deal. You know, yeah, granted, he pins you up against the wall and he's like, what the fuck's going on? You know, and, um, you know, you gained a little bit of respect from him because obviously he's like, I got the upper hand on you. And he's like, look down. And you see like, uh, you know, him holding yep. a pl- pistol to his stomach. And he's like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was a good, yeah, that was a good, that was a good exchange. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely Grunt is definitely someone you want to wake up. He's a really cool yep. dude. All right. Especially and, since uh, he's kind of like a baby. Like he's he's trying to learn what it's like to be a Krogan and kind of he's he's implanted with all these memories that, you know, uh, Okir put in his brain. Like all, all his yeah, memories, mm-hmm. all his passions, his emotions was all kind of implanted. So Yeah, but um but then we think about the fact that Shepard is basically daddy because Shepard's the first thing he saw, you know, so basically he imprinted on him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Shepherd's the dad or the mom, depending on what you go. Yeah. All right. So round, so so you have one more recruit to get before like before like the the next jump off happens in the game because uh because the game is plot driven like that's the cool thing about the game is plot driven um and it does a better job of of actually maintaining its plot than Mass Effect One did okay. uh, because Mass Effect One had a plot but it was kind of all over the place yeah. you know for the most part so you go to you go to recruit your your final character or who you think is your final character at the moment um and uh and you wind up heading to purgatory a uh, a purgatory prison ship yeah and it's run by the yeah, blue the Pur- mercenary group it's, yeah and you're going and you're going there to actually to actually pick up a prisoner that they're supposed to be turning over to you they've but lo and behold uh the blue suns are not only screwing you over but they're also screwing over cerberus you know because they're like hey commander shepherd just walked into into onto our ship mm-hmm. like this is a much bigger prize than whatever Cerberus is trying to give us. So yeah, so basically, so basically, now you have to fight for your life as well as like now you have to rescue, yeah, <laughs> the person you came to recruit and stuff like that. And come to find out, the person that you are recruiting slash rescuing is like one of the most powerful biotics like anyone has ever seen before. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, a a a, a shit talking. Bald headed, like basically, basically, she reminds me of Ripley from the uh, from from Alien Three. Imagine Ripley, but like bald and half naked, half naked, covered yeah. in tattoos, Can't covered in tattoos. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. What this so, is. so everyone, everybody, meet Jack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, I got and I got to say, uh, she was voiced by um, Courtney Taylor, and I met her at a convention before. Uh huh. I actually interviewed her. And one of her friends, because she runs a Nerds Vote kind of nonprofit organization where she kind of raises, like, voting awareness for, like, political. Um, oh, uh, awesome. You know, um, political uh, voting things, whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but uh, she's a really cool chick. And she, like, she talked about how she had a blast. She had a blast, like, kind of, like, recording lines for her because she was like, I could really say and do whatever the hell I wanted to. 
you know, because they oh, were so like some of, her, some of the stuff was unscripted. Yeah, she was she was just like went off, you know, and she's just oh, like, and they were like, let's go, let's do it, let's you know, let's add it. So I, especially I know some that. of those, especially some of the battle moments where she's like, I will destroy you. Like she had a lot of fun recording some of those lines. Oh man, so, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What? All right, so now, so now, the next the next plot point happens in the game where um where. Uh, the elusive man has received advance notice uh, that the collectors are getting ready to storm a human colony uh, called Horizon. Um, once you get there, uh, if, uh, you wind up running into whomever was a survivor from the uh, from the Vermeer mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you either have a chance to speak with uh, Ashley again or or Caden. Uh, but they're not fans of yours right now because news has gotten out that not only you are back, but you're no longer the Alliance. You're part of Cerberus and services. Cerberus is the enemy of like, of like, of like civilized hum- human civilization. Not you know, see, like no, 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 this is where I have a problem. This is where I have a problem. Cause like, okay. these are one of those moments where I was like, I wish there were so many damn renegade options in this conversation with the character at the end of this. You um, pimp smacked Ashley. Yeah, I would have pimp smacked Ashley. I would have pimp smacked Caden. He's like, but you're with Cerberus right now. Like I had a choice. Yo, I was yo, dead. Like, I was by the dead. Way, and they're the ones that revived me. And they're the ones that are actually kind of giving a shit. And they're also the ones that are kind of funding these operations. And by the way, you would have been dead had I not showed up. And you're pissed at that. me. You're pissed at me. I was like. Uh, every time I get to that part where I'm just like, I want to skip the whole damn conversation. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny because okay, so my first in my, in my playthrough of Mass Effect, I, I, you know, I, I sacrificed Ashley. Yeah. So you know, As so most so, people did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I actually, but I actually went. So yeah, after getting dressed down by Caden, you know, mm-hmm. like I actually went back and I looked to see how the interaction with Ashley went. And man, like I, I will say this, man, like, like Caden had feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Caden, like Caden, when he was disappointed in you, man, that hurt you emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Like, you were, I, was, I was like, you would be heartbroken. Like, oh where Ashley, God. like Ashley, like spits her lines. It's like, yeah, fuck you too, bitch. Yeah, whatever, bitch. I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is yeah, that, that like, is funny because I, I played from both sides, and like when you when Caden's like, you broke my heart. And I'm like, yeah, Caden. Oh. Caden's just had more. Caden had more weight to it, you know. Yeah. You know it's. It's almost like they. It was almost like they wanted him to be your your space boyfriend. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He just carries too much emotional baggage, you know, with the whole like. Yeah. I had a, yeah. I had a rough childhood. I was beaten, <laughs> and I was tortured to be the best biotic yeah. I could be. It's like okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to bore you with these, and you're just like, nah, that's okay. But I'm gonna keep talking about it, like. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, you end up, uh, obviously, you know, driving back to collectors and this is where you meet Harbinger for the first time. Harbinger is one single collector that is actually assuming control of any particular collector on the battlefield. I like how you, I like how you said, yeah. I like how you said a collector. I like that. Yeah. I, Cause I know, I know what's, I know what's happening here. Yeah. Assuming control of this form. Yes. <laughs> Whenever you're in the middle of a battle and all of a sudden you hear assuming direct control. You know, that was freaking me out the first time I played it too. Cause I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. I, I, I was like, I was like, uh, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know if we were being hacked or if, or if the game was just throwing a red herring at us or whatnot. But you know, mm-hmm. I was like, what is going on here? And why is something calling me by name? Like, 
but then again, you know, I just a bit like, well, yeah, they tried to kill me like two years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. They know who I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Assuming direct control of this form or like this hurts you where he, you know, kind of taunt you the entire time. And yeah, obviously the person that he assumes control of there, you know, they develop a barrier and then, you know, in a lot of cases they develop armor. So generally this is where you pull out your heavy weapon and just start railing it on them. Yeah, and, and it's at this point that you find out that the collectors are actually are actually repurposed Protheans. You don't discover that until later. Was Square. it later? Yeah, that was later. That was when you actually find the collectorship. This is where you. This is where you. Was... This is where you discover the swarm actually incapacitates people. This is where you actually yeah. can capture okay. one of the, a couple of them, and then this is yeah. where Morden can kind of do it do his studies. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead. It, it's been a while. No, it's yeah, it's fine. While. Yeah. Um, so, shoot. all right. Now you get a dot. You get more dossiers. You got to pick up the Justicar Samara. The Asari yep. Justicar. Well, basically, basically, the Asari form of Judge Dredd. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's a, that's initially what I thought. So she's like Judge Dredd. But, uh, yep. and then you got the Assassin thing, Krios. Uh, these are both, they're both on Ilium, which is the Asari homeworld. Uh, you also run into Liara here, who you find out Liara's kind of a badass now at this point. Yeah, because guess what? This is another this is another por- portion of the game that can be set off by DLC if you par- if you purchase it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because uh, Liara Liara is doing investigations into into who or what the Shadow Broker is because the Shadow Broker was like a big plot point in Mass Effect One. You mm-hmm. know, like you learned a lot about the Shadow Broker, even though because like the Shadow Broker. Shadow Broker was pulling strings about uh, behind what was going on the, on the Citadel with the whole mm-hmm. with the whole Saren situation, and, and of course Saren like double crossed the, the Shadow Broker, and that's how we wound up meeting meeting Rex yep. back way back when. All right, so Liara is doing Liara is doing research into the Shadow Broker, and the Shadow Broker is like, I'm tired of your shit, so he sends somebody out to take Liara out. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I just like the phone conversation where like that was a side quest where she's like I'm trying to find out who's screwing me over. It's someone close to me. So you do research on certain terminals and you track back to her secretary's doing it. Yeah. So like there's a phone conversation where you're like, hey, I'm just submitting who your who your mole is, and then Liara's like, wait a minute, hey, can you come in here, please? <laughs> Yeah, like so. What happened to that naive little little girl that she's we gone. met? On... <laughs> she's gone, man. That, that gone. we met on Pharos. Now she's uh, yeah. Now she's uh, she's hard, man. <laughs> oh, Cold man. calculated. Yeah, she, man, she was man, actually you... the one that found your body. Yeah, yeah. You end yeah, up man. you end up finding it's this like... out because uh, you end up working. She ends up kind of working out a deal with Cerberus to where like, you know, they're trying to find the body. So, you know, Liara sends her agents out to locate your, your remains so to speak yeah it's like it's like girl you you changed though these two years man yeah you, you, your mom's death like like made you hard <laughs> i know no kidding that's the last two and a half years uh whew. so but we'll obviously come to come to blows with the shadow broker at some later point but uh because you know she's still trying to collect information on where he is or who he is and stuff but um in the meantime you're trying to go after Samara, the Justicar, who's actually trying to hunt an Ardak Yakshi. And this is where we learn the Ardak Yakshi are batshit crazy Asari that turn into monsters mm-hmm. and kill their prey, so to speak. And she's trying to hunt one an Ardak Yakshi 
who is actually her daughter. Yeah. And you're following a blood trail. You end up finding out she's on Omega. And, oh, but that's a loyalty mission later on. But you end up actually kind of uh, getting Samara on your team. And then also there's another mission where you have to go chase down Thane Krios, who is actually trying to chase down a kill. He had the, he had one of the coolest intros in if you guys thought if you guys thought the archangel reveal was 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 freaking fantastic like thane krios's in, intro into the game is is amazing and by the way can we talk about the fact that you see nisana i think her name was nisana dauntless again yeah. who was who was this was this was the asari and the asari diplomat on the in the first game where you were trying where she sent you on she sent you on a mission and, and, you know, once you became a specter, mm -hmm. she's on a mission to to like to like look into some dealings because she thought her sister was dead, and her sister was her wasn't her. I think her sister was working for Cerberus. Yeah, her sister was working for Cerberus. Yeah, her sister was working for uh, which is crazy. And sorry, working for Cerberus. <laughs> well, and, and, yeah, and, and she was actually kind of double crossing Cerberus. So yeah, she the, yeah because the, the yeah, yeah. actually knew her sister yeah. was crooked, so she wanted she, her dead. She wanted her dead. Yeah. yeah. So so you were sent there and and of course like she wound up dead because like she didn't want to she didn't want to come back, you know. Yeah. So yeah. And then and then so you wind up on when you're going to recruit Thane on on Ilium, guess what? Now Nasana is a freaking gangster. Yeah. And she's <laughs> definitely she's definitely a target. But I think but I think but I think uh, I think Nasana's I think the, the reason why Nasana went to a life of crime is because of the fallout from Sovereign's attack on the Citadel. Like, you know, like like the, the diplomatic corps like lost their credibility yeah. after that. So like they basically drove her out of a high you know, a well respected job and she only had no she she had no choice but to turn to, to crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously that drew the ire of some certain people that hired Thane. Who you know sneaking up in the scaffolding and you know in the room where like Shepard and Nasan are talking and everyone's like freaking out like I hear something I hear something what's going on yeah then all of a sudden Thane just drops down and just it's funny it's funny because like Thane Thane used Shepard and his team because he knew Shepard and his team were tracking him were tracking him not to stop him but tracking him just to recruit him so he used Shepard's team you know to actually get to Nasana yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It was crazy. Yeah. So like the guy just drops down out of a freaking air vent and just starts murking like everybody in everybody in the room that's affiliated with Nasana. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then and then just gut shots her. Yep. But he lays her down so nice. Which is yeah, I know. which is the I interesting mean, part of Thane's character so because smooth. Thane is a Drell. And Drell are very they're they're kind of like frog amphibious like humanoid, you know, species. But when he kills, obviously he he's he's like an assassin with a conscience. He's an assassin with a code, so to speak. So, um, you know, he he gives proper respect to the people that die, even though they deserve it. He's like, obviously, everybody needs their last rights. So, you know, he when he kills Nasana, he like lays her down gently, folds his folds her arms, and he like says a prayer. And Shepard's like, oh, okay, yeah, you just killed like kinda... you just killed all these people in cold blood, killed her in cold blood. And now you're, and now you're, and now you're praying for. Her. Now you're praying for, her, you know. But he's, you know, he's a man of honor. So, yeah, like, that's why. That's why, honestly, out of everybody, he's my favorite character in this. Uh he's in my top five. He's in my yeah. top five. I know. Sure. I, I know. Usually, I always man crush about Garrus, 
And a, a lot how of times, can you, how, how can you not though? I like, know, I mean, but like Thane is like so cool, so calculated. I I gotta say, as far as like as far as like characters that are ride or die in Mass Effect, like for sure, Garrus and Miranda are the ride or dies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people like, like I said, Miranda comes off as like really kind of like arrogant and you know whatever a little bit, you know. She actually has a heart. Yeah, but she but she does, and honestly, if there's something that you want to get done, she's the one to do it. And yeah. she'll do it. She's got your back. Yeah, she's, she's got, got your back. back. Yeah. 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 So after you leave Ilium, then you can go get Tally, finally. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right, because we go to the to the land of the angry angry sun, like this is Super Mario 3 all over again. Yeah, we're like, yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's like the sun's getting hotter and no one knows why and stuff. And I think there was like some story about they discovered that there was like dark matter energy affecting the sun, which is uncharacteristic of that whole universe because i think they actually yeah. explained it in three yeah i think so. yeah they, they did and i can't remember for sure yeah which is why i need to hurry up and play mass effect three again right um but, but the, uh, yeah but, but yeah, the, yeah but, the, the, this is where actually like you go out in the sun and it actually burns you <laughs> yeah for real yeah yeah like your yeah your shields get ripped to shreds like in in, in seconds you know mm -hmm. um and, but this is also the first encounter we have with the geth for the, uh, for for this game yep yeah um, so yeah, so of course, where there's Geth, there are Quarians. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Always. Such a complicated relationship they live, and it's. The, we'll obviously get to talking about kind of more the strife between the Geth and the Quarian, and you can kind of almost understand why. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you get to Tally's, um, Tally's mission, her loyalty. Oh mission yeah. Later on. Yeah, which the loyalty missions are back, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you end up, uh, rescuing Tally from this because she's like, I'm just here to do a job and help me do, help me do the job here. And, um, and but then we can get out of here and I can join your team. So, yep. and this is Cal Rigar, Cal Rigar. He's, he's, he's an awesome dude. He's, uh, he's one of the Quarians that he's like, you know, you're in this big firefight and he's like, I could do it. I could fight. But like the Quarian have these specialized suits that really kind of protect them from the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And any time, like, you know, if there's a break in the suits, they all of a sudden get extremely sick and injured. Like they're almost used. They, they could die from yeah, just like a little like, like it, puncture it, in their it, armor. It, yeah. It's like they have COVID all of a sudden. Yeah. All of a sudden, like immediate COVID right there. <laughs> so I, guess I never thought of it that way, but it makes sense. I, I mean, I mean, for real, I mean, like, you know, like they're, 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 their immune systems have become so compromised because they because they are no longer a planet faring civilization and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. you know, just imagine like you live in something that's always clean and sterile. You know, like so the moment you drop you you put yourself into a new environment and stuff like that, everything can kill you. Well, and I think that was because their planet, their species is so specifically oriented to that planet, like their planet, that, they, yeah. that they came from. Um, yeah. And if they were to go anywhere else, they would obviously need to wear those protective suits. And yeah, they're so you, we don't know what they really look like. I mean, we don't like we never see them without their masks ever. You know what? You know what? You are you are absolutely right, because I, I just I just thought about something in Mass Effect 3, which we'll talk about when we get to that, that episode of Snare Definition. Yeah, especially um, because I think there was a there was something that was taken out of the game and replaced with something else because of fan feedback. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think that's the thing of what we're talking about, which the, yeah. fan the fans can go suck it. <laughs> I know, I know. Fans always ruin always, always got to ruin shit. Anyway, all right. So, um, so next big plot. So, 
So wait, wait. Okay, the collector ship, right? Yeah, this is where that's where the elusive man yeah. discovers, quote unquote, a collector ship. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the details for me are too foggy. So like, if you if you know more about it than I do, go for it. Sure. Here, yeah. I know. I know. That, I know that we're. I know that we we find out about the Omega Four refl- relay. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, that's where you know the Omega Four relay is a very well known relay that goes is believed to go to dark space, but no one has been able to go through the Omega Four relay and out with, you know, without getting completely destroyed. And that's where you know the elusive man discovered that that's where they're coming in and out of. And that's why we mm-hmm. can't find them or track them. So there's got to be a way to get through the Omega Four relay to kind of chase them down, so to speak. So what they discover is that there's a derelict collector ship out in space that a Turian battalion, space battalion, kind of incapacitated so to speak so elusive man said hey they're at they're at this there's no activity on this ship apparently and they're doing repairs so this is a great time for us to kind of dock and uh you know kind of uh see what's going on in there so this is where this is where they discover obviously that they're taking the humans and processing them into soup basically yeah for god knows what yeah which we know we know we know what but yeah We'll talk about that later. But also, too, this is where you discover that the this is where Edie discovers that the genetic makeup of the collectors is very similar, if not almost identical, to the Prothean civilization from fifty thousand years before. Mm-hmm. So the collectors are repurposed Protheans, which led which led everybody to believe that at this time that when the Reapers you know, initiated their whole extinction phase of the Protheans 50,000 years ago. They took, they, they obviously harvested the Protheans and they repurposed them to be kind of these collectors, so to speak. So for the next phase of extinction, the Reapers used them as kind of foot soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, which, which, you know what, which, you know, that actually, that actually helps establish some lore because like, because now you have to wonder what the keepers are, what race they were, you know, they were obviously from another cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because we know that this cycle has repeated itself over and over and over again. And, yep. you know, like obviously with 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 each passing cycle, the Reapers have become exceedingly better at it, has has learned more and more and more uh, throughout the processes. Mm-hmm. But obviously this cycle is supposed to be different because now humans are part of the equation. Which, which is which, 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 which by the, the way, Protheans Protheans knew about humans, but we were so low on the totem pole, you know, during their cycle yeah. that, you know, we were just an afterthought. Well, yeah, and I think um I mean when we when we meet a particular character in three, they mm-hmm. make they, they make allusions to even how young the uh Solarians were. You know. Yeah. <laughs> which Oh man, I can't wait to talk about him. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I can't wait. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead though. I'm, yeah. my bad. I, I do we, this. We I'm keep sorry. doing that. We keep doing that. We keep jumping the Mass Effect three. <laughs> but, but man, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, moving on. So yeah, you, you find out on this ship obviously that the Omega Four relay. In order to get through, you needed a you need an IFF, which is a, a, a Reaper IFF, which is a you know identification friend foe system to where. When they pass through the Omega Four relay, it identifies you as a friend and lets you through no problem. Yeah. Um, and this is where obviously you have to. You, you all of a sudden you find out. Oh shit! They just discovered our presence 
everything in the ship turned on because Edie is trying to decipher all the data that they found on the site and whatever. And shit, Edie's like, oh, shit, the ship's turning on. Everybody's aware of your presence right now. And Shepard's like, how the hell did this happen? So, of course, naturally, when you escape the collector ship with all the data that you got, the elusive man's like, yeah, that's my bad. I uh, that was that was all a ruse. Um, they really weren't capac- incapacitated. That was a trap. And you're like, Shepard's like, what? <laughs> you, sh- you almost sent me to die? And he's like, yeah, but it was totally worth it, right? Yeah. And Shepard's like, is, the fuck? And, and you know what? This is finally this is finally the point. This is finally the point in the history where Miranda finally has trust issues with the Elizabeth man. Yeah, because obviously she was affected too. Because she's like, yeah, I could have died. Like, yeah, and I was like, I thought that was your right. I thought that was your right hand. I'm, yeah. I'm... <laughs> and yeah, she, you know, she was by all intents and purposes, but even she didn't know because obviously yeah, yeah, you exactly, go after yeah. you go after Miranda. Like, did you know this? And she's like, no, I didn't. Like, I yeah. really didn't. So, um. So, yeah, obviously, you know, there's other side quests you can do. You know, there's other side missions you can do. And this is where, obviously, um, this is where you can also start to do some loyalty missions. And um, you can actually do another. You actually find another mission where the elusive man says, oh, yeah, by the way, we're (laughs) actually investigating and researching a derelict reaper. Of, of course, and it's why, like more of the fucking secrets. Why? Why? At this point, we're like, why wouldn't you be? Of course, <laughs> of course why wouldn't you tell me everything? And he's like, what's on? I need to know. And it's like, ugh. Anyway, I'm out here trying to save the galaxy, and you're here keeping secrets. Now, here's the first. Here's the first thing I want to say about this game. This 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 game. This game for me. This game for me, like basically pulled me out of my element because it's like. It, 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 you know, at this point, it's like, um, it's like we're going on to a derelict Reaper, and you know, like Reapers are actually living, living starships and stuff like that. But the fact that we're going inside one, you know, like I was all apprehensive and stuff like that because I was like, this bastard being really dead, it can't be, yeah, it, no, it can't I, be really dead. Yeah, and you find out obviously it really wasn't because once you start seeing video and audio logs, everybody's all indoctrinated on this damn ship. Yeah. And honestly, that is a very that is probably one of the darkest, most haunting levels or maybe areas in the whole series. Yes, because this is where you literally go inside a Reaper. Like that's mm-hmm. it's yeah, crazy to think about. And obviously, the majority of the time you're fighting husks, you know, which is like hollowed out insides of humans and other kind of like and you other know, other species. Yeah, other species. Bio- those those kind of crazy biotic monsters that you know, throw biotic elements at you. It's just crazy. Yeah, but this is where you actually discover Legion. Another cool ass intro. Yeah. Because he, he, he's popping shots and you're wondering where all those shots are coming from. And then all of a sudden you find yeah. out it's a geth who's wearing your armor. <laughs> yeah. You're wearing your armor. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, um, th- you have an N seven plate on your chest. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> I love it though, because like, because like, as soon as he sees, he's like Shepherd Commander. Yeah, and he's like, it's the, the coolest thing. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> honestly, I love Legion, man. He's so he's yeah, so he cool. was, yeah, he. I'm gonna save my top my top five characters for when we do the wrap up on Mass Effect Three. I'm oh, yeah, gonna save sure. it, but yeah, just know that he's in there. Okay, <laughs> that's that, that, that's good to know because Le- Legion's my boy, and he doesn't get that name by himself because like, you end up finding out afterwards like. All right, so what do we call you? And he's like, we don't have a name. 
And he keeps saying, we, 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 we. And this is where you kind of discover that the Geth are not single entities. They're all part of. They're all networked. They're all networked together. Kind of like a hive mind. Kind of like, kind of like Cylons. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, and I think you even say it where it's like, so you're like a hive mind. He's like, well, not really, but I guess kind of. So Edie comes up with the, uh, you know, she kind of probes into Legion's mind and she's like, you know, this reminds me of the poem. I am Legion for we are one. So he's like, all right, I guess call me Legion then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So this is where you discover that obviously Cerberus is actually investigating a derelict Reaper and they have actually discovered. Oh, oh, oh. Can we back up for a second? The Well, remember when remember when we finally got Tally on board the ship? Yeah. And uh and uh and Tally's like talking all sorts of shit about the fact that she still can't believe that we're working for Cerberus and all this <laughs> stuff. And Jacob throws that throws that shot at her and I was like, Why don't you go get yourself acquainted with Edie? Yeah. Our ship's artificial intelligence. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that. Jacob's trying to be like, hey, welcome to the ship. How you doing? Tally's like, fuck you. And he's like, great. Go, you know, go. Go talk to our AI that we actually got right. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, man, that was so good. Because initially I was like, why is Jacob trying to be all overly nice when she's being a bitch to him? But I was like, I get it. I get what he's doing. Okay, back to the IFF. Oh man, there was so I, many I good pretty, like there's so many good good little moments. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've, I'm telling you, Bioware like I, I feel like they had their most fun making Mass Effect two. Yeah, uh, you know, and they tried to like recapture that whole spirit in 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 the um in the Citadel DLC. Yeah. Oh man, I I just love that because like Tally's pacing up and down, she's all like, I'm trying to act all hard and stuff, and Jacob's like, Hi, how are you? You know. Don't forget to get yourself acquainted with everybody around you. You should meet the team. The team's great. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, I, I know a lot of people like make fun of Jacob. I love Jacob. Oh, yeah. You, you know, yeah, Jacob. Jacob was one of a kind. Yeah, he really was because he's yeah, he's definitely. I mean, he he's he's very much a soldier, and he's a he's a by the book. Let's get this done, and let's get let's get on with it, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So after you, after you recruit Legion. Yep. And then you get the Reaper IFF. And you get the Reaper IFF. Of course, of course, a member of your crew has a problem with the fact that you just brought a Geth on board. Do I need to name names? (laughs) No, you don't need to name names. (laughs) Uh, All right. I just like that because obviously he's being stored in the lower parts of the ship. And it's like, you know, when you're on the ship, you know, you go visit your crew, you talk to your crew and stuff like that and see how everyone's doing. And you walk into the scene and there's Tally holding a gun right to his chest. And you're like, whoa, 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 what the fuck's going on here? Man, Tally had so many breakaway moments in this game. I, I got to say that, like, especially like, especially like when we get to her, um, to her, to her uh, personal mission. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. She had so many breakaway moments this game. Like it was, it was, it was like it was like they they made sure to like give her the maturity that they missed giving her in the first game. Well, in the first game, she was like you know young and she was like she's starry eyed and she's like everything is so great, everything's so amazing. I'm just glad to be a part of this, you know. And then all of a sudden, at two, she's like got a little edge to her and she's a little bit yeah. hardened, you know, a little bit learned from the previous. Like she's game. leading task forces and, and, and yeah. shit now. It's like damn. Yeah, yeah, she's ruthless now, and obviously she's yeah. very opinionated. Yeah. 
All right, so now now Shepard finds out the Cerberus has been researching a, a, a derelict Reaper out in space. Uh, much more things come to pass. Uh, you know, uh, we learned about the, I, the the Reaper IFF, and now that's the way that we get into the uh, into the uh, into the damn it, what was the name of the relay again? <laughs> the Omega Four. <laughs> the Omega Four. I don't know. What I was calling the move. No, the move relay is how you get to Earth. Yes. My bad. No. <laughs> that was a, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So all right, yeah, go for it. All right, so um, and also and also we get our biggest hint yet about indoctrination because indoctrination was something that was going on that we that it was the the word was first introduced to us, you know, when we found out that something was going on with Saren in the first game. Mm-hmm. But now we're actually learning the ins and outs of indoctrination, and they're still thinking they're still thinking it has something to do with the uh, with the with the humanoid soup that the collectors are doing. But that's not it because uh, because yeah, like you said earlier, like they're getting their first real taste of indoctrination being on board, being being inside the Reaper ship, and you know, even though Reaper's dead, like its influence is heavily felt and stuff like that. Yeah. So of course, and of it's almost course, like Bluetooth technology to where it's like, you know, especially with when when it comes time to. Or- when it comes to organics, so to speak, like they have to be close to, you know, yeah. kind of Reaper tech or Reaper technology in order for mm-hmm. the indoctrination to work. So, yeah. Yeah. I really wish they, I really wish they could explain a little bit, a little more in depth about indoctrination, you know, as the series wound to a close and stuff, all we knew is that, you know, like the Reapers caused indoctrination and that's how, that's how basically it calls like the species that is going to, well, not calls it. It, it basically pacifies the species that is going to like basically call, you know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Which All I mean, right. I honestly think Mass Effect, the Mass Effect Three episode that we do, is probably going to be long as hell, <laughs> um, just because there's so much story content, especially with the Leviathan DLC, which is yes. probably you know it it pissed me off that that was a DLC because that should have been incorporated that been core as, game that should have been, been core, core game. game yeah yeah because the 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 story for that and the lead up to it is is probably some of the most important elements of that story. Mm-hmm. That should not have been relegated to be DLC to where like you have to yeah. pay extra for it. Anyway, for real, we keep we we keep doing that. We keep going oh, to no. Aspect Three, but <laughs> we're almost there. All right. So now you have the IFF on board the ship. Uh, like you gotta test it out to make sure like everything's gonna go right and everything. Uh, so you, so the Normandy starts testing the IFF, and of course that brings attention to the ship. Uh, once again, uh, the collectors show up and abduct practically the entire crew yep because everybody because because the core team is out on a mission uh joker joker's on the ship and and the the collectors show up and basically he's watching everybody get snatched from 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 chambers to dr chakwas and stuff like that and uh and Edie's like hey if, if you want to live listen to my instructions right now and, and like gets gets old brittle bones dude to like crawl through crawl through crawl spaces and stuff and um and basically Joker is able to save the ship, but at a but but at the tremendous cost that the crew is now gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but it it it's got one of the best lines where uh, Edie's like, "You have to crawl down this tunnel." He's like, "Are you sure about that?" And she's like, "I love to see humans on their knees." Yes. And Joker's <laughs> like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah, like, and "That was a joke." <laughs> yeah, and Edie's basically Edie's basically getting Joker to basically unshackle. Unshackle her, which basically is a fancy term of saying like make her fully aware. Yeah, fully aware and fully capable of actually controlling every aspect yeah. of the ship. Yeah, every aspect of the ship, fully self-aware, which also means that she basically can can now violate the first the first law of robotics, which is you cannot kill. Yeah, 
You cannot kill because uh, first law of robotics, you know, for for the nerds out there, is you cannot kill even in self defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is the antithesis of uh, the the book I Robot. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously, Edie purges the ship of all the collectors and uh, saves, basically retains and saves the ship so that the collectors can't destroy it, and then actually kind of punches away from the ship itself. You know, light speeds away. And uh, all of a sudden, like, you know, Shepard comes back to the ship. He's like, what the fuck just happened? Where is everybody? So now. <laughs> like, Joker, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. He's like, listen, <laughs> listen. I wasn't going to throw my broken ass limbs at it. <laughs> so. And, and, and this is where, obviously, you find out, obviously, a, you know, like, like you said, against service protocol is that Edie now has full control of the ship. And. She is unshackled, so she can almost like do and say, and she's kind of running her own self. Um, so this is where kind of like the end game is because depending on how fast you go after this, if you say, Well, I got to do some more loyalty missions or I got to do some more side quests, you know, at this point, you know, if you do all those things and say, like, Well, I could go rescue my crew, but I got to do all these side quests first. Your your crew is at risk. So this is where it's very important to do all of your side missions and all your loyalty missions before testing the Reaper IFF. Because then once you test the Reaper IFF, your crew gets captured, then you go right to the final mission. Yeah. So where you actually pass through the Omega-4 Relay... And this is where all your choices leading up to this moment start to matter. Did you do your loyalty missions? Did I they... did all my loyalty missions. Yeah. Of course. Of course, of course oh, 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 oh. Um, no. I'm sorry. That oh. was for the audience. I'm sorry. No, I, do, bro, I don't have to ask you. I don't have to ask you. I know you did. <laughs> Even the characters I hated, I did their loyalty missions. Yeah, I know. No kidding. It's like a fine. <laughs> Final do Zahid's loyalty mission. So all, all those times where it's like all of a sudden he's like his arrogance gets in the way and he gets that like large ass like pipe that crashes onto him. And he's like, help me. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, um, they better be glad. They better be glad it wasn't an Ambassador Udina side mission. If that was an ambas- gl- Ambassador Udina, like, help me. Like, nah. <laughs> Dead. You got Dead this. Dead motherfucker. <laughs> Dead motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about those side missions for a moment here. Yeah, um, this is where we can kind of get into um, the loyalty missions. Yeah, yeah, the loyalty missions. Uh, Kasumi's loyalty mission was 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 freaking incredible. Like, yeah. uh, like you basically, I've always loved I've always loved these episodes of TV shows when they happen. So I definitely loved this part of Mass Effect too. It was a heist mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. it. You know, it's one of those things where you know, like Shepard got the, you know, I played as male Shepard. He got this fancy ass, like freaking, like it wasn't a suit. It was like a ceremonial gown and everything. And like, man, and and it was funny because like Kasumi actually dressed him up, you know, basically to look like the dude that she was in love with, you know, that that passed away. Yeah. But that loyalty mission, you're basically going in and um and you're retrieving a um I, I, I'm going to call it a cipher because it's a basically gray box. that's what that's what she yeah calls it. yeah yeah. Yeah, a gray box. It has yeah. it has his it has his last message, but it also has some imprints of his personality in there. But it also has some information for from the last job that he from the last heist that he pulled. That was that was like a major consequence. Like you know, it was one of those things where like it's basically like giving free information across the internet. You know, like mm-hmm. free information that's been blocked for so long and stuff like that. 
Uh, so it was it was a great thing. Like, uh, dude was the dude that they were they were doing the heist from was hardcore though because he was a collector of like valuable things. He even had he even had the top half of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I know. In, his, had... in his vault. Yeah. He had like the first. He had like the first prototype deep space spaceship that or that Earth Earth created and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He, this dude was this dude was legit. He was a criminal, but he was legit. I thought he didn't he have like uh the gun that shot Lincoln, President Lincoln. Yes, too? yes, yeah. he did. He had he had like some like really ancient stuff, like ancient Egyptian stuff. Even yeah, there was even the um, I think there was even a kind of Ode to Dragon Age, like one of the larger like uh, monsters yeah, you're right. that popped up. Yeah, there was a statue there. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, Samara's, uh, Samara's was also another one. Samara's was deep. Oh my God. Yeah, it like, really uh, was. And you could have, you could have ended her side mission, her loyalty mission with her dead. With her, with her death. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like basically, you basically, uh, for Samara's, uh, for Samara's loyalty mission, uh, you basically, she was, um, you're basically like hunting down one of her children that, you know, like Asari, there are some Asari that ascend to such a high level of being a biotic that it actually corrupts their mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and even though they're not like, like psychotic or anything, they actually, they actually prey on, on other people's emotions and, um, and, and, you know, and their individuality and stuff like that. And that's how they feed off of their own power and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, and so it's like, it's like a, it's like, it's basically like a curse, you know, for the entire Asari like civilization and stuff like that. If one of their if one of their are born, they're usually supposed to either be be uh, be be um, be be tucked away somewhere, you know, like in a monastery, exiled, yeah. like yeah, exiled, or they have to be dealt with and killed right then and there, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And even Samara admits that her biggest mistake was trying to, you know, like trying to help her child to the point where, you know, like. She was trying to like make sure that she wouldn't be locked away in the monastery, or she wouldn't be, you know, like like you know, like killed, you know, by society. And well, and like that. and that's the thing, because like she has three daughters, and all of them are Arak Yakshi. Yeah, they, yeah, which is which yeah. that just goes to that just goes to show, like a, like like Samara is just pumping out like 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 super children. <laughs> well, yeah, she kind of said that she was like, you know, when I was young, my you know younger days, you talked to her. She's like, my younger days, I was a pirate. I was going on ships and just banging dudes and stuff, <laughs> you know, whatever or something, you know, just having a good time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, that's where, you know, she ended up having, you know, kids that, you know, obviously became We're badass. Yeah. Badass in many different ways. But, uh, you know, it, if you go to a monastery, a lot of times your Ardak Yakshi tendencies won't will be suppressed. But yeah. if they go unchecked, this is where you get to the whole point of uh, um, uh, Morinth is her daughter's name. Yeah, so you, ha- you have to actually kind of like entice her to like take you back to her apartment. And this is where you can kind of like initiate, you know, some sort of connection with her. And then Samara comes in and then you get into this big biotic battle where you can just des- decide like Samara's like, we have to kill her. And Morinth is like, no, don't kill her. I'm more powerful than she is. You should side with me. And then, you know, I'll help you with your mission. Yada yada yada. Which, you know, like which, basic- if, if if you're the type of person that picks Morinth over Samara, I don't want to know you. Right. I don't want to know you. Right. <laughs> you just unfriend me, <laughs> like in real life. But if you I, obviously Morinth is just kind of like a filler character. Yeah. And Samara, it, it, it I don't know. She just means more. Like it, it's. It's really kind of interesting. Like, out of all the side characters that I loved 
and, and enjoyed talking to. I love talking to her because she always like was like so philosophical and so. Yeah, like or, yeah, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, her and Kasumi both like they they had like a Zen quality to them, you mm-hmm. know, you know, it's like it's like you it's like it, it's almost like it's almost like they were soothing your soul every time you had a conversation with them and stuff like that. And that was that was definitely one of the cool things, you know, like but also Samara like just gave you she just gave you a lot of information on like on like on like life, you yeah. know, it was crazy, you know. Yeah, it really was, um, and even like honestly, like she would even be like. I know you don't understand this life because, you know, she lives a very lonely life and it's kind of hard to understand from that to this point. But she's like, I'm not here to try to explain to you why that is. I'm just here to tell you that's how it is. And, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So, um, but otherwise, Legion had a loyalty mission, too. Yeah, because this is which is funny. Which is funny. Like it's like it's like we just got this guy, and he already wants you to go on a quest for him. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's actually a very important quest because I yeah, I, I would say probably the most impactful in terms of the overall story because not only do you find out that the Geth are kind of one hive mind, you end up finding out that the Geth um, that were part of Mass Effect One were revolted, basically. Yeah. So they were like a separate faction from the rest of the Geth. So they they didn't reach a consensus, so to speak. So they broke away from the, you know, machine system, so to speak, to go to the old machines. And they called the Reapers the old machines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go to this large Geth ship, and this is where you can actually make the choice to rewrite the code for the Geth to be, um, I guess, docile. Yeah. Or you could elicit a virus that literally almost destroys them. And you know what's really cool about this is that if you actually take Tally with you on this mission, like at the by by the time by the time we get to the point where you actually make the decision, even Tally's like second guessing everything. Yeah. You know, it you know it's it's really cool. Like you you really have to pick and choose who you have as your squad mates. You know, and, on I, and I always take Tally with me on that mission because yeah, yeah this is where she kind of like. You, you can even hear a lot of the side banter where she's just like, I never thought I'd ever step foot on a Geth ship, much less a Geth hive ship, so to speak. Yeah. And this is where it, it's really kind of a learning lesson for her to see, like, what the Geth really are about and almost come to find that, you know, they're, a, they're and a lot of times innocent. And yeah. th- this is where you get to find out how the Geth and the Quarians became the Quarrel because... The Quarians created the Geth to serve them, but all of a sudden, once they started to become a little bit more sentient and asking questions like, does this unit have a soul, um, stuff like that, this is where you get to find out that, oh no, that's in Mass Effect 3. Yeah, that's in Mass Effect 3. I keep you, skipping you, you, again. See, you, you see the history of that in the Citadel. Yeah, but, you do. Um, yeah. But, but, the, but, the, but, here's, but here's the one thing I would recommend, like when you're doing these loyalty missions... Do do tallies first, and then immediately do legions right after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. If you do them back to back, like you you learn the you learn some of the biggest like lore of Mass Effect universe. You know, yeah. with the Quarians and the Geth. You know, if you do them back to back, because because uh, tallies because tallies uh, loyalty mission was messed up. Because that, like that, her- that that's what I was referring to. Because this is where you can actually get to see a little bit of you know how the Quarians created the geth and then the geth yes kind of started to question and then you know obviously they revolted because the quarians attacked the geth are like well we got to defend ourselves and mm-hmm. then yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tally's uh, Tally's loyalty mission, like, like, well, her loyalty mission is like kind of like thrust upon everybody because, like, because like they come, uh, like the Corians come and immediately request like Tally's presence back at the at the main fleet and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, the migrant and, fleet, and usually, and usually it's bad news when the Corians like, hey, come back. Yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, uh, so Tally asked, asked Shepard. Yeah, Tally asked Shepard to like, can would he accompany her and everything? And you know, because she feels like you know, like she's been away from the migrant fleet for so long that you know, like she feels like she's more that the Normandy is more her home, and that and that and that uh, that the Normandy and its crew are more her tribe now and stuff like mm. that. So when you go back, you come to find out that you're being put on trial because they think that while you, while Tally's been on her pilgrimage and stuff, she's been, she's been doing stuff for her father who, who they just discovered her father has been trying to re-network the Geth. Yeah. Because she's been sending Geth salvage and, you know, she's, she's claimed all that Geth salvage has been inactive every time I send mm. it. And I thought he was yeah. just using it for research purposes for like defense and stuff, but come to find out that he's actually repurposing this Geth technology for, to try to kind of like maybe unlock the code and get them to be more docile again. But obviously it ended yeah. up backfiring. Yeah, backfired on him. Yeah, because like he he re-networked them and and they immediately. I th I think I think it backfired on him because like he re-networked them trying to make them docile and he basically. He basically re-networked them to where they were base programming, and 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 damn near. If you've watched enough sci-fi movies with, with, with AI and robots, you know, like their base programming is always self-defense mode. Look at Terminator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when they're when they're presented with a threat, their first instinct is to defend themselves, and there's yeah. no going back from that. So, yeah. So there was a, there was an incident on um there was an incident on 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 his ship, and what's even worse about it is that Tally's father is part of the Admiralty. Like he's one he's one of the the four is it four people that make decisions for the entire like tally uh, uh Korean race yep their civilization so like yeah because there's like so, the, there's like the head person and then there's like three other admirals that are part of this whole admiralty board yeah so yeah and, so, ba um, so yeah, basically so, it's like Shepard is her lawyer in this process to like once you discover the plans and this is where you can kind of like in, in, you know encourage this connection with you know tally to say like well we have to admit all your father's crimes. Yeah. And she's like, you know, don't do that, yeah, please. You, don't tarnish you, my father's you, name. If you do that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like she was really hesitant about it and stuff like that. Um, uh, what, the, what was the other big, there was a, there was another big, there was another big, like, like turning point in that, on that loyalty mission. Uh, why am I forgetting it? Oh, actually it's not so much a turning point. Like it, like, like depending on which gender your shepherd is, like, it's it's crazy how like I in this in this instance, Femshep actually does a better job of defending, mm -hmm. you know. And even though they have the exact same lines and stuff, like like Jennifer Hale just delivers that whole that whole like 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 scenario mm -hmm. like much much more heavily than the uh, than the male version of Shepard did. Yeah, especially when you know you 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 drop the Paragon points as long as your Paragon points are high, your the yeah. Paragon conversation wheel to say like you know. Tally's bled for the Quarians, you know, and done amazing things for the Quarians. It doesn't matter what we found on the ship. The fact that we destroyed the Geth, the problem's gone, everything's taken care of, and the fact that Tally is still here and still doing the Quarians' work—that's all the—that's mm -hmm. all the evidence you need of yeah. Tally's innocence. And I love how I love how after everything's said and done, Tally changes her name to Tally Vas Normandy. Yeah. 
because the last name is always indi- indicative of the, the ship, ship that they that serve on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's like her. I think in the beginning of the game, her name is Tali, Tali Zora 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 Tali Zora Vasnima. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah. So otherwise, uh, I mean, who else we got here? That's uh. uh let's I see. Mean, we got Thane's loyalty mission. Yeah, which he's trying we to. We don't. Kind of we make... don't have. We don't have to. We don't have to talk about Zaid. Like, Zaid. Zaid is the most cookie cutter out of all all the loyalty missions. Basically, yeah, right. you're just hunting down. Basically, just hunting somebody down. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, he finds his comeuppance at the end when it's like you yeah. see what happens when you let rage get the best of you. Blah blah. Yep. Thane is trying to catch his son who is uh trying to follow in his father's footsteps because this is where you find out that thane's wife died from a hitman and it's thane's fault because thane was a well-known assassin and his enemies wanted to punish him and obviously took his wife from him which obviously led him on a very dark path of finding everybody responsible and taking care of all of them (laughs) He's like, I hunted down every single person that knew or participated in the heist, and I killed them ruthlessly. It's like, damn, bro. But obviously in this process, he abandoned his son, who was very young at the time. And his son tried to follow in his father's footsteps, almost in a way to kind of draw his father out because he's ready to kill this politician, this dirty politician, and then Thane comes in to, you know, kind of help a, to kind of like you know let his guard down and not not go through with the kill. So one of my favorite scenes was obviously when you're trying to discover like who Thane's son is trying to go after. You're interrogating this kind of mob boss, and I don't know how you managed to uh, go after this guy, but uh, I ended up. Hey, what's up? Hey. <laughs> okay. Hey, so what happened? <laughs> I don't know. All of a sudden, like, you just dropped. Like, I was like, my Wi-Fi is good and everything, but. Okay, yeah. See, you you completely you completely locked up, and I was like, uh, something happened. Yeah. I don't know. It looked like you locked up, too, because I was like, oh, he's just still sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, uh. Oops, sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, 
Hey, what happened? Oh no, I I just I I hit the wrong button because I wanted to record another series. So um, okay. I'm just gonna pick up now. All right. I'll do um, I'll do some post editing for Corey to make sure it's to make sure it's okay for him. All right, cool. But uh, yeah, I think I left off talking about Thane, you know, chasing after Thane's His son. son. Yeah, uh, and then Kolia. Um, yeah. So one of my favorite scenes of that whole side quest was uh, going after the guy that kind of knows where he's going, and like you could play good cop, bad cop with Thane when you're interrogating this dude. Yeah. And I think I talked about this where like you can go the full renegade route right from the beginning. And like the guy's like, I'm not talking to you. You're not the cops. You're not the police. You pull out a handgun and then you say, hey, you know what I am? I'm a specter. And that means I am above yes. the police. That means I could do whatever I want. So you're going to tell me what I want to know right now. And the guy's like, OK, all right. This is where he's at. <laughs> And then you walk out, and then Thane's like, that was the fastest interrogation I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Thane is such a cool character, man. Like, shoot. Like, like even even his design is cool. Like, you know, like, I wonder, I wonder when they when they designed the Jarell, did they design him to be the face character? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, because it's the eyes, really, that kind of, like, yeah. kind of make it, make the, the Jarell so unique. And, um, you know, I think they were, what was it? The Drell were taken up by the Volus? Not, not, not the Volus. No, 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 the Hanar. The Hanar, the yeah, Hanar. that was it. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, the Hanar are, like, their gods, so to speak, because, like, the Drell were, the, the Drell civilization were kind of strife with war and factions, and, you know, they almost, like, basically wiped themselves from extinction until the yeah. Hanar came in to say, like, hey, y'all should chill come live with us for a little bit. So then basically they kind of were their caretakers for the longest time. I think that's kind of how the story went with the drill. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So obviously you end up, um, depending on how you worked it out with the, um, the Citadel security guard, like the, like the main security guard, the chief Bailey, um, Bailey. Yeah. Chief Bailey. Yeah. Uh, this is where you can, um, elect to, kind of have a good relation, you know, like let Thane and Koliat kind of, you know, I, I, I guess squash the beef and then maybe reduce Koliat's sentence a little bit. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because you wind up, you wind up turning him over to, uh, to seasick, yeah. uh, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but, um, but you know, if, if Thane is the one that actually talks him down out of it and stuff like that, you know, like it, it lessens the sentence and it actually starts to repair their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, which is good, and it, it it'll definitely mean something once we get time to once we get down to Mass Effect three. So, yep. All right. Um, were those? Oh, oh, Jack's uh, Jack's loyalty mission was a that was another heavy one. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's where we find out Jack was kind of a experiment. Yeah, Jack was an experiment, and and you know what? It kind of almost parallels like what Caden went through, you know, during his body during his body training and stuff like that. Uh. Yeah, but Jax is just like on a total different level and stuff like that. Um, uh, so uh, basically, you wind up going back to the facility where where Jack and and other biotics like like her were 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 raised at, you know, as kids and stuff like that. And um, and lo and behold, like the like the like the guy um, was the guy Cerberus. The- yeah, he was Cerberus, but he was he was he was another one like Jack. 
Yeah. But he wanted to restart the program. He wanted to kind of invite, he wanted to reopen the school, so to speak, because it was a school for biotic kids. And Jack mm-hmm. would always talk about how she was the special one. She was subject zero, so to speak. She was the yeah, special one that fact, had the most potential. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so like you get back there, you, you, you learned about, you learned about how she like, how, like, how like her and kids like her were, were like, were like brought up and stuff like that. And then you run across the guy who was running the entire program and stuff. And of course, like, you know, like she's a powerful ass biotic. So she's ripping the, she's ripping the, the entire facility to pieces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now this is one of those ones where, you know, in all seriousness, like I, I scum saved this one because, um, because we knew that Jack really did want to kill this guy. Yeah. So um. So yeah. Like I. Uh, so like my first my first initial go at this loyalty mission was like I had him like gun him down. Mm-hmm. And then after I saw how it resolved and everything, I was like, okay, let me roll my save back and, and <laughs> actually like and actually like do this the Paragon way because you know you you know me I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of a softy you know like yeah. like my. My stats are usually like ninety percent, ninety six percent Paragon and like four percent Renegade. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. I mean, you know, we talked about this before that even the developers who track the game's progress and playthroughs, ninety percent of players go the Paragon route in these games. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the occasional yeah. break in Renegade, but yeah. for the most part, everybody's first playthrough is the Paragon. I mean, everybody's got, everybody's got a bad. Everyone's got got a bad boy streak. Everybody's got it, you know. You know, like, and, you know, and it's always you know, like I've talked about this before, where you know, a lot of times I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do a second playthrough and I'm gonna go the renegade route, and then all of a sudden I bitch out, and then I'm like, I can't be that mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I can only punch with so many reporters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I can, I can punch all the reporters. Actually, I can only be mean to my characters so much. Nah, but you know what? But you know what? Speak. But you know, what? speaking of renegade, like this game. This game had the most ramifications for being Renegade. Yes, it really did. Like, I mean, I mean, this game had so many alternate, alternate, alternate scenarios for Renegade. Like, I mean, like, like, shoot, like, being a Renegade, you can get your people killed before the suicide mission even happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which we talked about, especially with Samara. Yeah, yeah, you can get your people killed before you even get the suicide mission. The suicide mission is universally where a lot of your main characters die, you know, mm-hmm. which we're about to get to that in a moment. Um I think those are all the notable like 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 yeah. loyalty missions. Yeah, like Jacob oh, Taylor Grunt, Grunt's lo- Grunt what was Grunt's loyalty mission? I can't well, remember. Grunt wanted a uh wanted a clan to represent because he felt like he's got all this violence in him, but he's like I need a purpose. So you know, you go yeah. to you go to Tichanka, and this is where you discover that um, we have to talk about Mordens. Mordens is a very important one too. Um, yes, but uh, yeah, yeah. You go As to a matter of fact because that one because because Mordens actually reaches Mordens actually has blowback into Mass Effect Three. Yes, a very significant blowback. Um, but uh, yeah, you go to Tichanka, which is the Krogan homeworld, and that's where you see Rex. Rex is like basically the leader of all the Krogan, and he's trying to kind of unite the clans. And then, that's if you let uh, that's if you let him live on Vermar. Yeah, of course. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> you had to do. You had to do his. Bro- you had to do his loyalty mission. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, it's his brother. Yeah. Which, by the way, Reeve. It, wait, Reeve. It's Reeve, right? His yeah, brother. Reeve. Yeah. Yeah. Reeve was not bad. Reeve no. was not bad. I liked him. He yeah. he talked more shit than Rex, which yeah, is funny. Which is yeah, because Rex does talk a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you got um. So yeah, you have a. Uh, you know, you do his loyalty mission, and then all of a sudden, like, he has to fight this big Thresher Maw, which is some giant 
you know, ground snake. And then it's like, okay, now he's part of a clan. And then Morden's mission on Tuchanka is there's one of his, you end up finding out Morden participated. One of his former lab assistants. Yeah. Yeah. You end up finding out Morden participated in the genophage. Mm hmm. You know, um, not the first round, but the second round. Yeah. Because I think once they found out that the first round of the genophage wasn't viable, they had to redo the, they had to redo it again. And that's where, you know, Morden was a part of it. And he was like, he was very proud of it. He was like, no, it was necessary. It was absolutely necessary. The Krogan needed to be subdued. So we had to do it. And that's. That's right. I remember the conversation because like Jacob was in the room too, you know, and there and 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 Jacob was like, "Wow, that's fucked up." Yeah, exactly. That you're just saying that out loud in front of all these people. You yeah. Know? Like we needed we needed to sterilize this whole entire species. Jeez. But anyway, you end up finding out that one of his assistants regretted that and started to kind of experiment on all these Krogan and all these female Krogan to make them be able to birth you know, baby Krogan again. And mm-hmm. obviously his experiments went a little bit awry. You know, a lot of female Krogan died, which didn't sit well. Yeah. With like, more, with yeah, more, like it was, it was inhumane. Like what he was doing was inhumane. Yeah. But <laughs> which is, which is funny inhumane, you know, given that we just sterilized the, uh, an entire species. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know but, th- throughout the whole process, like you could actually kind of like give more than shit, like, you know, like, Hey, you caused this, this is your doing here. And Morden is just kind of completely antagonistic against you to the point where he's he's still like defending himself, but he's you can tell he's kind of having a little bit of um damn it again. Okay. I thought I lost you again. <laughs> it happened again. Yeah. No, um but uh yeah, so you have um you know there's a little bit of antagonistic tendencies there with with him and Shepard where like Shepard is, you know, giving him shit. Morden's like standing firm on it, but then he's also got a little bit of, a little bit of hesitancy in that. And a little bit of like, I don't know if maybe this, maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. So you end up finding the guy and then you could either destroy his research or keep the research, which obviously does have ramifications in three. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I know. I remember like keeping the research, but didn't the didn't the guy get killed anyway? No, I think he stayed alive. It was just basically, you could you could choose to kill him too, or you could choose to let him go. Yeah, I can I, I honestly can't remember that one. Even though even though like Morden is one of my favorite characters in the in the series, mm. um, especially especially when you when you just going back and forth to his lab talking to him, and all of a sudden he starts belting out like uh like like HMS Pinafore by Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, <laughs> but he's like obviously doing the Solarian version of that song. Yeah, <laughs> I am a modern scientific Solarian. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, um, those yeah. Oh well, well, shit. We might as well just talk about Miranda's like real fast because Miranda's was actually pretty good. Like, um, like Miranda, like Miranda's loyalty mission, basically, like, um, like, like, like we know, like, she tells us about how, like, you know, like she was built to be perfect and stuff like that. You know, like her, like her genes were manipulated by 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 her father, but she also had she also had a younger sister, and and um and w- when Miranda escaped uh her her dad 
Like she she made sure that her sister was protected, uh, which also meant like basically taking basically hiding her from her their father. But ultimately, their dad was like, "Okay, if I can't have you, I'm gonna I'm gonna get your sister and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. And so Miranda had been keeping tabs on her and found and found out that their father found out where her sister was and and was coming to get her and stuff like that. So that was basically her loyalty mission was go rescue the rescue her sister and stuff make sure everything's okay and stuff um, relocator and yeah relocator and then that's when Miranda has her confrontation with her father for what is the final time yeah uh, at least up until three yes yeah yeah so I am the very model of a scientist Solarian I've studied species Turian Asari and Batarian I'm quite good at genetics the subject of biology because I am an expert which I know is tautology my xenoscience studies range from urban to agrarian I am the very model of a scientist Solarian God. I, I, I didn't do it as good as he did but I no I no 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 yeah yeah <laughs> well no that was great though I tried to do my best <laughs> But yeah, I mean, J- Jacob had an interesting one where he had to go after his his father, who he thought he died, but he was actually on a kind of derelict planet, and it was like a whole like apocalypse now type scenario where like yeah, he's like a, he's like an overlord. Yeah, he is, and like he's like, well, I don't know where everything went wrong. Maybe it was because I poisoned my entire crew and it made them subject made them my own subjects. Maybe it had something to do with that. I don't know, but please forgive me, son. And Jacob's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So it's time for the suicide mission. You get so long as your crew is set, you get to the suicide mission. And if your ship is ready to go. Yeah. Your ship has to have at least 85% of its resources done to to help increase your chances of your crew, your, your squad mates coming back alive from this mission. It's called the suicide mission because basically it's one of those missions where like you could lose everybody to like to like win to like win the game. Basically. Yeah, and that's why those loyalty missions are important because you want them to be focused, you want them to be committed, you want them to have zero distractions. So getting getting done what they need to get done to wipe their consciences clean to say, okay, I have I mean, I'm fully focused, my mind's not anywhere else, my emotions are invested anywhere else. This is where, you know, I can give you my full hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, before before we actually like get into some details about the suicide mission, I gotta know who who'd you bump uglies with with in this game? Um, let's see. The one time I was uh, my, my first playthrough, I bumped up uglies with Jacob because I was female. He was female. Yeah, and of course. Naturally, was it I even worth it? Was no, was it even worth because, it? Because no, because when you get to Mass <laughs> Effect Three and he dogs you, no, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Because all of a sudden he gives you the whole, like, what was I supposed to do? Wait around for you? Like, what? (laughs) Anyway, it wasn't necessary. And and here I was defending Jacob, like, just like an hour ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But obviously, I think he was my first one. And then the, um, I think the second time around, it was uh, Miranda. Yeah, that was my, that was, that was my, um. That was my uh, what? What did they call it? Your power move? I don't know. No, no <laughs> power move. I mean, I mean uh, no, for, no. For, for me, I just loved, I, I just loved the power behind her. So I, I guess maybe. That's oh yeah, why, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the fact. Let's talk about the fact where she was the one on top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, okay. The reason so, why I went for her. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't wait to like replay that in the legendary edition. Cause I didn't see, I, I want to see if they reanimated that, that scene. <laughs> I, I got to imagine they kept that intact. <laughs> All right. So here we are. The suicide mission. Uh, basically, basically you're about to, basically we're going to go through the Omega four relay get uh get to the land of the reapers and where the collectors where the collector's main ship is at and everything and we're going the purpose is to not only rescue our crew but we're also there to stop the reapers from making the invasion which by which by the way speaking of reaper invasions there's one more bit of dlc that you can play either before or after the game Mm -hmm. and it's called the arrival yep uh uh basically Basically, um, Admiral Hackett gives you a mission uh, that says, "Hey, like, like somebody I know. It was actually old love interest of his. Somebody mm-hmm. I know was um somebody I know has crucial information about a possible upcoming Reaper invasion. Uh, you know, and which they time like they say like it's within hours. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you are and basically because Shepard is like it, Hack, uh, Hackett and Anderson are the only ones who still believe Shepard knows anything about the Reapers at this point. So Hackett gives him the mission if he wants it, and and you have a chance to go and you bet you do stop an early you do stop a an, an, a vanguard you know invasion from the Reapers you mm-hmm. know yeah at what um, cost though <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that's the thing about it though. So basically, uh, Admiral Hackett's contact, you know, um, I can't, I can't remember her name, but she basically does give you some information that does indicate that the Reapers are coming, but it is, but she's also got, she's also put false information in it to, to mislead, like anyone that's trying to track Reaper movement and stuff like that, because guess what? She's been indoctrinated. Of course, <laughs> as, as with everybody else on the damn ship. Yeah. Or yeah. the damn so, base. Amanda yeah, Kenson, so once- that's her name. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank yep. you. So once um, so once you find out that you've been double crossed by by her, um, and you uh, you wind up you wind up being faced with, with with a terrible choice, destroying a relay. But the the only way you can destroy a relay is to is to hurl a colony base directly into it and destroy the relay. That that relay will shut down that part of the network, which will make the Reaper advancement into our galaxy take a little. Little bit longer uh it's it's coming and stuff like that uh over 300 and over 380,000 batarians lose their life yeah and if basically you, isolates them from the entire galaxy as well because yes, now they have it. no mass effect relay yeah to they, travel have, through. they have no, they have no mass relays to travel through to actually get away from the reaper invasion when it comes because mm-hmm. the batarian space is the first plot of space they're going to come through anyway it doesn't matter if there's a relay there or not like yeah the batarian batarian territories are on the outermost fringes of the milky way galaxy so that's where the reapers would show up first and that's and that's the funny thing because they're you can't make another alternative yeah, because, yeah you can't because if you decide i don't want to do this the reapers come and that's game over yeah, because that was my first. Yeah. That was my first choice. That was my first choice when I first played this. Because I was like, I'm not gonna do this. You know, I guess I'll just mm. figure out the Reaper situation when they come through, and all of a sudden I find okay. out that gives me game maybe, over. <laughs> maybe I was a bit of a maybe I was a bit of an asshole because uh, because okay, so I played I played the arrival 
after I after I completed the game. Yeah, same. Because thing. you still have the option of doing it after you beat the game, after the the credits roll and stuff. Because mm-hmm. like because like when you jump back into your game, oh, you're on the bridge of the Normandy. Like, well, what else? What else there's left to do now? You know, mm-hmm. so like that. So so I did it. I did it after after his suicide mission. After, you know, after all that, and um, and I was I was pretty selfish in the reason why I did what I did. The Vatarians were just assholes. The Vatarians are assholes. The, I mean, I'll give the you that. The entire game, yeah. they were slavers. You know, they they messed up my boy Garrus's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's enough to launch an asteroid into their damn planet. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, the Vatarians. You know, for lack of a better word, they were they were deplorable. Yeah, and you know, so I was like, you know, so I was in, I was after a little bit of bloodlust. You know, like yeah, you know, I had my I had my Captain Kirk let them die moment. Mm-hmm. You are a Trekkie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. All right. So, so, um, so, so the suicide mission, basically it's an infiltration, you know, onto the, onto the collector base where the, Re- where the Reapers are, where the Reapers are making a brand new version of the Reaper, which spoiler alert, uh, this Reaper is based on, off, off of humans. Yeah. Because the Reapers actually design their foot soldiers and even their their overall machine design based on whatever species that they harvest so to speak yeah so i imagine the reaper design was the the initial reaper design of their ships was from a former species that they may have harvested you know i mean thousands and thousands of years ago and then obviously the collectors were harvested from prothean data so or prothean species so they're trying to make the, they're trying to take all this human goo that they you know have been collecting and making a human reaper and seeing how that works yeah can you imagine seeing like seeing like uh, a human reaper like like supermaning through space <laughs> yes <laughs> you'd be looking up at it like so that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> jesus all right so um so so first thing, first thing that happens is like you you bust onto the collector ship. You actually rescue what's left of your crew. There's a there's a caveat to this. Like your crew has been stuck with the, the with the collectors that entire time, and depending on how much time you dawdle doing stuff, like it could be it could be the difference between rescuing your entire crew or rescuing none of your crew. Yeah. And when I say none of your crew, some people do get spared from becoming like humanoid soup. But they don't yeah. survive getting back to the ship. Or you can watch uh, Yeoman Chambers get, you know, destroyed and like, you know, spurned into this, yeah, like, yeah, vat of goo, right in front of your eyes. When I first got yeah. to that scene, I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, one of oh, the mo- by the way, one of the most important things about this is this is where you get to the planning phase where you get the schematics of the ship. And you start to kind of like, you know, you, you're there with your whole team and you're like, this is where we get in. This is how we do it. We need someone to go through here. Who's able to do that? Okay, let's get through here. You know, Tally, you do this. And then I'll, this is my ground team, so to speak. This person goes there. That person goes there. You actually phys- you actually get to make the decisions yeah. based on the tech, on the knowledge that you need. So, hey, we need, we need someone with good tech abilities here. We need someone with good biotic abilities here. Well, I can do that. Well, yeah, but I think this person can do better. So, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So, you, was it two teams or three teams? 
Oh, um, it's three teams. It's three teams. One team, one, one, one team is designed is specifically to to get the people you rescue back to Normandy safely. Um, yeah, which, but I think it I'm was actually mistaken. just literally one person, which I always send Zaid. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, who do you who do you want to go with the crew? Because obviously, once you go with them, they're they're no longer part of your crew. It's like, ah, yeah, Zaid, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you need your you need your biotics to actually like shield your groups from the ones that are actually getting into the Reaper base to like, to, you know, they got they they've got to fight off the swarms. Yep, for sure. Uh, um, and usually, and then, it's either kind of like because in, in those instances, I always pick Miranda to be like running the second team. When you get further into the collectorship, I usually have Jacob running the first team on, on the yeah. first storm in the first uh, part of the base. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Tally, when you use, when you need her tech abilities to open the door. Kasumi's also good at that, too. Kasumi's good at it. Don't pick Morden. Yeah. Don't pick Morden. Oh, don't. 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 He'll die. He'll die. He'll die. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it all culminates once you get once. Uh, let me see. Once you get to, I can't remember. Do you see Harbinger first? Oh, by the way, Harbinger. That's the that's that's the person that's been assuming control of, of certain collectors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time you have every and Harbor Harbinger is is a Reaper, As, and you know he has a cool name, Harbinger. Harbinger actually means like the like the herald or the messenger of like of like something cataclysmic. So yep. he had the perfect name. You know, uh, Harbinger is actually. As far as bad guys go, he's my favorite bad guy. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, you know, obviously, him saying we are the harbinger of your destruction. It's like, yeah, well, that's that's that, that makes sense why you're called that. I'm like, so, I'm like, hold on, man, hold on, man. We have we have a literal reaper talking shit to us because because uh, because yeah, because it because harbinger is the same person that lets you know in the uh, in the arrival DLC that no matter what you do, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're coming. The reapers are coming. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so like Harbinger's talking shit to you the entire game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and even that was him in the that was him in the first one, right? When you discovered him on Vermeer, right? Was it? I think that was. No, 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 no. That was Sovereign. Was it Sovereign? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it was. Yeah, because he was connected yeah. to the whole. So- yeah, Sovereign. Yeah. yeah, Sovereign was talking to you on Vermeer. That was it. Yeah. And um, and then Harbinger, Harbinger was talking to you. Harbinger was 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 dogging you in Mass Effect Two, mm. and then Harbinger is the one that actually lands in London on Mass Effect Three. Yeah, because obviously he's like, I got a personal vendetta with this with this guy. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, oh, the Normandy's right there. Oh, that means that Shepard motherfucker's there. I, yeah. I got this one. <laughs> yeah, I got this one. And you let yeah. him go again. <laughs> yeah. So you have one last confrontation. Actually, wait, so I can't remember. Do you have the confrontation with the with the humanoid Reaper first, and then you have the confrontation with Harbinger, or is it or is it Harbinger then the Reaper? Harbinger then the Reaper. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, because right. you end up taking the Reaper down, and then it's like, okay, all right, this is where we have to we, basically we plant the nuke, so to speak, to destroy the whole base, and this is where or, the elusive man comes can, in. And wants you to salvage the Reaper, yeah, for 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 science, yeah, for science, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucid Man comes in and it's like, hey, hey, let me stop you for a minute there. There's a lot of good shit here we could use. And Shepard's like, nope, not listening to you, not listening to you. And then who, out of all the people in your group, who's the one that hangs up on him? Especially if you take Miranda with you. Oh, yeah. She's the one that's like, I'm hanging up on you now. Yeah, like this, I'm tendering my resignation right now. Yeah, effective now. (laughs) Click. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, so... So nuke goes off, 
like the galaxy's saved for now. Mm-hmm. The lucid band is pissed off at you. <laughs> the norm, the norm, you smash the pieces again. <laughs> yep. I mean, it, and, it, 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 it's in pieces, but it's it's okay. It's space worthy. Yeah, it's space worthy. It can, it can it'll at least fly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, and there you have it. Uh, uh, basically, the master plan is is that now we know that every fifty thousand years, the Reapers aren't just wiping out all life in the galaxy. Well, all all advanced life in the galaxy. They're always collecting one one species from each cycle to per- to be repurposed to serve them. Yeah. You know, in the process to make to make their next their next cycle that much easier. And I think that's what made it a little bit more difficult, you know, for people to understand, like other species to understand, because it's like, well, this sounds like this is an exclusive human problem. Yeah. And Shepard's like, no, I mean, yeah, maybe, but this is everybody's it, problem. You know, <laughs> it's funny, though. It's funny, though, because like, why? Why is it humanity, though? I don't understand because because I think it was something cycle, with their genetic it, makeup. Yeah, yeah, but in this cycle, the Asari are the most advanced of the civilizations. Yeah, I don't know if they were the so most it's crazy. Yeah, I don't it know. It could be, be because, because like, yeah, it could be because you know Samara keeps pumping out like insane, you know, bitches. Yeah, right. No kidding. Like three, man, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd have stopped after the second like, one. Like, 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 tie them tubes, lady. Yeah, right. After the second <laughs> one, I'd have been like, maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, um, I know it had something to do with their genetic makeup, the, the humans' genetic makeup that made them better candidates for their plan. I don't know exactly mm. what it was, but I know humans were picked specific for a specific reason. God, we need, we need to stop being basic. <laughs> yeah, I know. No kidding. We need more details. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I, I think that's it. I think we, I think we hit everything major. Like, yeah, we, we really did. About, oh, we need to circle back to the layer to shadow broker. Yes, because we right. didn't quite finish that. We yeah, didn't we quite did. finish that. <laughs> All right. So back on Alien, back on Alien after, you know, Liara finds out that her own secretary is doing her dirty and stuff, you know, that that's a funny scene, by the way. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Liara, after you leave Ilium, you wind up getting a message from Liara later on in the game. I can't remember how many cycles. It's not immediately after you leave, but you get a message mm-hmm. from her saying that she's actually located what she believes is where the Shadow Broker is hiding out at. Uh, he's on this. He's on a ship that's anchored inside inside the orbit of a gas giant of a gas giant plant. Which just just think Jupiter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like for, he, for the- he's basically on a giant storm planet, which makes him easy to mask in terms of you know yeah. not getting caught. Yeah. So, uh, so, and um, and if I'm not mistaken, it's just it's just you and Liara. Like, you cannot take a third squad. Yeah, yeah. When you storm the ship, you could take a third uh, squad member with you. Oh, my fucking internet. God damn it.
I think this is going to be audio only. I'm not going to I'm not going to mess with the video on this. That's for sure. <laughs> Sorry right. about. Well, I well, I feel like, no. I feel like I feel like we're we're about wrapped up anyway. Yeah, we are. So, um, all right, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to, to kind of finish up, uh, you basically storm the shadow broker base, and you find out it's like this giant monster, so to speak. And I, for, I forget what yeah, the name like, of it. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like a species they thought were extinct. Yeah. So he's been kind of like running behind the scenes, and then all of a sudden, once you kill the shadow broker, all of a sudden, like. Everyone's all these people every, are like on this network. Every, are every in. agent, yeah. yeah, every agent that works for Shadowbrook. And uh, and then you, that's when Liara makes the discovery that none of these people have ever seen the Shadow Broker. They 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 don't know they don't know if it's a he or a she and stuff like that. And because the Shadow Broker is always using some type of encryption for their voice. They don't even they don't even know if if whoever speaks on the line is the actual person or not and stuff like that. So Liara becomes the shadow broker who who is quote unquote one of the one of the most powerful people in the galaxy. Yep, who has unlimited funds, unlimited resources, unlimited utilities, everything. And and I, I I will tell you this: it is a major plot point for the next game. Yep, definitely is. That is definitely something that's going to be necessary for the fight against the Reapers when we get to three. So yeah. let's end this episode before my internet craps out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Friggin' AT and T. Well, uh, that's um, that wraps it up for uh, this week. Uh, Laron, thank you so much for joining oh, man, me on this uh, on this journey. I mean. My pleasure. We're, we're like knows. we're like a virus. We're like a virus. Everybody in Boss Rush is playing Mass Effect right now because of us. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, I'm just everyone knows that I love Mass Effect and I just I love talking about it and uh, it's about time finally it starts to spread amongst the uh, the other network people. So, yeah, yeah, I know this. Ste- uh, Stephanie Stephanie says she's going to be playing it soon because she definitely wants to. She definitely wants to be be into it by the time Mass Effect Five comes out. Well. It's gonna be a long time until Mass Effect Five yeah. comes out. Long time. Yeah, because yeah, because I, I I think I think the latest report says they just started laying the groundwork for it. Yeah, because obviously their I think their first focus is Dragon Age Four, so they probably got like a small team kind of working on Mass Effect Five right now, just kind of yeah, yeah laying the groundwork down, and then once Dragon Age Four is done, then they can go full steam ahead on on Five. So yeah, so but yeah, um, I don't have an outro, so this is standard definition. The entertainment podcast show on the Boss Rush Network. You can uh, uh, follow the Boss Rush Network on Twitter at Boss Rush Network and check out BossRush.net to find news, editorials, banter pieces, and more. Laron, where can our people follow you? Uh, you can you can follow me on social media, uh, Twitter or or uh, Instagram at exodus803, exodus803. Uh, also, look for me on Twitch and YouTube under under that moniker as well uh i am the host of crossroads the playstation podcast for boss rush network uh you can find that every tuesday every, every tuesday night on my on twitch.tv slash exodus 803 uh at 8 p.m eastern standard time and uh not only am i part of this the mass effect stand, uh, standard definition series but i am also one of the people on the marvel cinematic universe standard definition so like if you want to hear us like be nerds and talk about all the various different projects in the mcu that's the one to check out for sure and um and don't forget wednesday night's boss Rush podcast so you can follow me on twitter uh 
I'm on the EXP cast, a video game podcast. We're part of the Boss Rush Network. You can follow us there on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EXP cast. And also my personal Twitter and Instagram at stoymke8. So. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Bye. Have a good night.